Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Wednesday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. Gentlemen, good morning. Casey? Good morning, Tom. Rough morning for you today. Rough morning. You've been kicked around a little bit. Uh, you just didn't like my opinion. You didn't like you. You gave me a hypothetical, and I didn't like it. I, I'm going to tell everybody what that was a little bit later on in the show. Are you bashing other people's opinions, Tom? Not yeah. at all. Are you cancel culture? Uh, <laughs> I am cancel culture. <laughs> How are we doing today, boys? I'm doing beautiful. I'm doing great. Yeah. What a beautiful day. Yeah. It, you know, it's a beautiful fall morning. Is it normally 19 in the fall? Yeah. This is fall. This is fall. You get a little campfire later, and then you go back inside because it's too cold. Do you put a campfire up in that attic where you live? Yeah, that's right. That's a I good do. Place for one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good ventilation up there. Very, very, very good. <laughs> uh, we come your way Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Get away. A little, little, little passion today for a change. You can find us on YouTube, the Chatterbox Sports page. We also broadcast live on Twitter. That's at Cbox Sports. Cbox Sports. Or you can download us in podcast form. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Bengals back on the practice field today, an extra day this week to get ready for Monday night's clash with Jacksonville. Away from the field. For the fourth consecutive year, former Bengal All-Pro tackle Willie Anderson is a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We sure hope he gets there. And boy, it's a it's a tough crowd. I mean, you got the likes of Dwight Freeney, Antonio Gates, Eddie George, the great Julius Peppers, among others. I mean, it's a star-studded group. Anderson played 13 years in the NFL, considered to be one of the best tackles of his generation. The college football rankings unveiled last night. Really no surprises in the top four, nor should there be, at four undefeated teams. Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Oregon is number five. Ohio State loses to number three and slides all the way down to sixth. With Texas seven, Alabama eight. Buckeyes need basically the Longhorns and the Seminoles to lose in their conference championship games to have any hope of a return to the national semis. College basketball, the UC Bearcats played in a wild one last night at Howard. You said it looked like they were playing on the ocean. It was one of the, it was one of the most preposterous broadcasts I've ever seen, Tom. I, I, too, I sat down, and right from the jump, right from the jump, the very first movement of the camera, I was going, what, what the hell is going on here? It, the, and I'm, I, I'm trying to do this where you, everybody can see what happened. Usually a camera goes like this, right? Pans, right. right. It pans. It pans. This camera, it went like that. Ah. So it was like one of I don't know I don't know what kind of camera does that but it was like it was going it was like it was it was the it was motion of the arch. ocean it was on an arch it was it was like it was on an arch but then it was the camera cuts were terrible the broadcasters I say this with love and respect they were atrocious they kept saying Victor Lockin's name they they kept calling him Victor Lakin Jr. He's not a junior Tom and his name's not Lakin. <laughs> 
I think Aziz Bondago, they called Aziz Bondiago, and they, and they kept well, making weird. friends calling that. They gave him the college try. They gave him yeah. the college try. And they were, I mean, they certainly were, they had to have been college students. So if they were college students and that was a college production, I'd give it a C-. minus. If that was supposed to be a professional broadcast, that's an F-. minus. Well, the bottom line is you're paying for that. Correct, which is another thing. It's, that's on ESPN+. Plus. That's terrible. Bro, how much are you paying for that? Ten ninety nine A month? A month. And you get all the games. All the games. Okay. I may have to look into that. Uh, but it was a wild one last night. I mean, it was UC's first road game of the year at Howard. And basically playing in a high school gym, right? But yep. the place was rocking. It was. Five Bearcats scored in double figures in an 86-81 overtime win. Now, UC just couldn't find the bottom of the basket from downtown. Three of 18 from three. But Wes Miller said, I'm not worried about it. We're a good shooting team. Just a bad night. They found a way to get a gritty win on the road. They go to 6-0 on the year. They play a pretty decent Florida Gulf Coast team at Fifth Third Arena this Sunday. I watched them against Indiana this year. That's an NCAA tournament team. They're pretty good. Pretty good team. And then, of course, the Crosstown Shootout at Xavier a week from Saturday. How about the Big Blue? Cal! Cal's got it going on. We can't get him on the show. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet I sent another email today. Another email. My second one now. Trying to get Cal dialed into off the bench. But man, oh man, Kentucky. Number eight, Miami of Florida came rolling into Rupp Arena last night, and the big blue blew them out of the gym. 95-73. Kentucky outscores the Hurricanes 53-36 in the second half. The 12th-ranked Cats go to 6-1 on the year. Liam Hendricks of the White Sox, Cody Bellinger of the Cubs, named Comeback Players of the Year in MLB last night. Hendricks returned from a battle with cancer, while Bellinger delivered a monster season on a one-year deal with the Cubbies. Both players are free agents this winter. And are the Reds on the brink of a deal for Cleveland ace Shane Bieber? Lots of rumors floating around out there and feuding a few about Tyler Glass now. Mm-hmm. Now, Bieber would be a free agent at the end of the 24 season. And it's worth noting, he did battle through some forearm and elbow issues last year. Coming up in a matter of seconds, we'll talk baseball and really anything else he chooses with the Hall of Famer, my dad, Marty Brenneman, and later Tommy G, the outstanding voice of FC Cincinnati, will join us to talk about the team's Eastern Conference Finals. It's coming up this weekend at TQL Stadium against the dreaded Hell is Real Columbus Crew. It's big time. You going, Tom? Am I going? Yeah, yeah are you going? You're going? No, I'm not going. Why not? Because I'm not. I'm just not. As a former soccer player and a lover of Cincinnati sports, yes. they're playing in the conference championship, Yes. and you're not going to go. I am not going. I, I, may, I may flip it on the two. Do I have to pay for that? <laughs> I think you do. Uh, I that one surely's got to be on national television, right? I think it is on national TV. I'll, I'll no double check. That I, game's I don't on think. national TV. FS1? You're telling me that people aren't gonna. That you're telling me Columbus Crew versus FC Cincinnati doesn't put butts and couches, Tom? Flipping it right on. I, I don't know if they do or not. I mean, I think there's a lot of soccer fans out there. Uh, but look, uh, it. I have Apple TV, so if it's on Apple TV where you don't have to spend money in addition to Apple TV, then I'll watch some of it. If they don't, I miss out. I'll learn about it the next day. 
Would it's you, on Apple TV. Would you rather watch Alabama, Georgia, or FCC <laughs> versus Columbus Crew? Uh, that's who they're going up against. You know what? I'd actually flip back and forth. I mean, the Alabama Georgia game doesn't mean anything to me. It's a good game, really good game, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Uh, the question is: Will Marty Brenneman be dialed in to FC Cincinnati Eastern Conference title game at TQL Six P this Saturday night? Will you? Are you outside? You chopping wood, or what are you doing? No, I'm not chopping wood. I got a vest on. What the hell's wrong with that? Well, I mean, not many people sit around with a vest on and a and a, and a, a sweater inside. I didn't know if you were out. You know, uh, we talked about your your tra- travels uh, on the on the sea, the open sea. But when you get back home, you like to get out back and cut your own wood sometimes. And so I thought maybe you were out there. That is incorrect. I do not chop wood. I don't do that. There are people that do that. I'm not one of them. Okay. Will you it's be getting watching? off to a bad start now. It is a really bad start. Uh, FC Cincinnati, <laughs> will you be watching that game Saturday? That would be a most definite no. You know, I am, I'm thrilled that that sport has taken hold professionally in this town. Uh, just to improve the level of sports in general in this great city that we live in. You know, football team, baseball team, hockey team, FC Cincinnati soccer team. You know, I'm not a soccer fan, uh, and I don't say that apologetically, just like I have people who, you know, wherever I'm at, there will be inevitably somebody will come up and, and uh, with another person, and the one other person knows who I am. The other person apologetically will say, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are, or I'm not a baseball fan. Right. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to me. I'm talking to these people. They're polite. I'm polite to them. And just because they're not a baseball fan doesn't make them a bad person. Just right. because I'm not a soccer fan doesn't make me a bad person. That's right. I think that is a great point. Casey, you have any reaction to that? Because you tend to look down your nose at those that, that don't follow FC Cincinnati. That's true. I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair point. You look down your nose because he people does. don't follow he FC does. Cincinnati? Huh? He does. He does. He does. Yes, he does. Casey, I think less of you after that statement, man. <laughs> I mean, I put you in the same class with a big E. <laughs> I'd like to think I'm very inclusive. I, I try to oh my invite people to watch, try to get them just as excited as I am. But I don't try to exclude. I don't try to look down on people. It's, okay. it's very difficult for me to follow a sport. And, and believe me, I did my due diligence uh, watching my kids play, watching uh, one of my grandkids play. And um, I'm not a big fan of sports where you know that on the best day, the two teams may combine to score six goals or seven goals. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of that. If I go to a ball game, I want to see scoring. Um, and and, and I, I'm just – I've never been a soccer fan based on – you know, going to see my kids play, watching uh, some World Cup games, obviously because of the immensity of this sport in the world picture. Um, just like I watched, uh, I watched the U.S. Olympic team play in hockey uh, because I find it very, very exciting and, and there's a lot on the line. But that's where I draw the line. I don't, you know, I'm a big baseball, football, basketball fan. Okay. And a, right, well, and a golf fan. And a golf yeah. fan. That's and a lacrosse it. fan. Yeah. 
and a lacrosse fan. I watch I, because of Luke's involvement at Marymount. Uh, I watch it on television. I watch colleges play. I'm a big fan of that game, uh, and, and I think it's a sport that will continue to grow in popularity on, in this country. Well, I don't know. You got a lot of snowflakes out there. It takes a real man to play that game. I'm not so sure where that's going down the road. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let me ask you this. Right. Okay. Let's get to baseball for a minute. Yes. Okay, now a lot of rumors out there. Well, you know what? Let me let me back up. Let me back up. I want to ask you, um, if you're a Reds fan, and, and, and virtually everybody watching this show and affiliated with the show, you're a Reds fan. I'm a Reds fan. This yeah. room is a Reds fan. Okay. Um should 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 a Reds fan, the regular Reds fan, be alarmed, be upset, be nervous that, you know, the, the, the Cubs go out and get Craig Council, the Cardinals go out and they sign three starting pitchers, which they said they were going to do before free agency yep. ever started. They didn't say who, but they said we're going to address it and get three of them, and now they got three in a stable. Whether you like those guys or not, it's irrelevant. But, but as a Reds fan, having not done anything yet – does that concern you? Should it alarm you? Uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, because uh, the longer they wait, uh, the less likely they are, or not less likely, but the odds start to gradually creep up that somebody else is going to sign one or more of the guys that they are looking at or trading for, whatever the case might be. Uh, I give Cardinals a lot of credit, but then again, that's been their MO over the years. They went out and they signed three guys in the bat of an eye. I mean, they wasted no time. They had done their due diligence in terms of, of uh, listening to reports on the three pitchers that they've signed. Obviously, they got good reports back because they wasted no time in going out and getting them. And I don't believe that the Cardinals are done yet. Um, I, and then, you know, I, I know I understand that, that Nick is playing it uh, somewhat cautiously. Uh, all of a sudden, Glass now and Bieber's name have have cropped up into the public's consciousness. Uh, so I think there's probably some truth to the fact that uh, that the Reds are talking to the Rays uh, relative to Glass now and the Indians, as far as Bieber is concerned, about a possible deal. Um, I, I, you know, the winter meetings are coming up, uh, I guess, in a week or so. Yep. After Reds Fest this weekend, I think it starts probably next week. Um, and things happen there, but I, I, I don't think you can wait a whole lot past um, uh, Reds Fest uh, and, and certainly have a realistic expectation that you're going to be the guy that gets the pitcher or pitchers that you're interested in. You know, I, I want to ask you about these two guys in particular, okay? Yeah. Now, both would come here in the final year of a contract. Bieber Correct. makes right around 20. Glass now, I, I almost fell no, out no, of my Bieber, chair. No, Bieber, no, Bieber, Bieber makes 10. Glass now makes 20. 25. 25. Sorry, 25. Glass but but, okay. but economically speaking, Bieber is the best uh, choice of the two. Well, and he's for not only the best reasons. choice yeah, for a lot of reasons. And, and well, this is reasons. what I was going to get into here. Tyler Glass now, for everybody get excited about Tyler Glass now. Okay, we saw right. him originally come up with the Pirates. He was a fifth-round pick uh, back in 16, I think it was, or 15. Okay, you look at this guy's numbers. He has not been a starting pitcher to, pit to start more than 14 games in a season. Right. Up until last year. 
Last year was the highest number of innings he ever pitched in a year, which is 120. And, and look, Tyler Glass now might be pretty good, but with a guy whose maximum number of innings is 120 innings, that means right. you're trading for a guy to make $25 million, and he's going to be on an innings limit for your team next year. You're not going to have this guy throw 200 innings. Basically, they go about 15% more is kind of the rule of thumb. Now, maybe they'll run him out there a little further if they don't have him do a long-term deal and just say, hey, you know, we'll see what we can get. Go pitch. I mean, I got to tell you, uh, Glass now might be better than what they have now, but, but to chew up $25 million on that guy, there's no way for me. Unless, unless they know something, they, the Reds, know something that we don't know. The mere fact that they are talking to Tampa Bay about Tyler Glass now is lunacy as far as I'm concerned for all the reasons that you just stated. Um, and Shane Bieber's had a little bit of an injury situation. Well, not, last, not year, last year he did, but in fairness to Bieber now, I mean, when we've played full seasons in Major League Baseball in 2019, right. he throws 214 innings. The next year we had COVID, same with the next year. 22, he pitches over 200 innings. Now, last year, he did have some forearm and injury issues. But he is, I mean, he is a far superior pitcher to Tyler Glass now with far more of a track record. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, you know, I've, I've said all along that my, as far as my, I'm concerned, and I'm a fan now, I'm not involved like I was forever. Um, I would be looking for a veteran pitcher with a, good track record who has the ability to be an influence positive influence with a very young starting rotation that he would be joining um but having said that you've got to have a guy that can go out and pitch yeah and i agree with you i mean if you if you are going to sink 25 million dollars in in tyler glasnow's last year and in the process you're going to give up some talent because, you know, I don't know how much talent you have to give up, but you're going to get rid of some people uh, in order to make that deal for one year. And then you gotta, you got to be concerned going into spring training and maybe going into the season about how many innings he can pitch when he goes out on a start-by-start -start basis. That makes absolutely zero sense. That makes no sense. Um, I hope that there's not a whole lot of truth in this in the – in the rumors that Glass now is a being seriously considered by this franchise, unless again, as I underline it, they know something that we don't know. Um, I, it just doesn't make any sense. Shane Bieber, I would welcome him, and I would think he'd be a great addition, uh, assuming he's healthy, uh, to this rotation, and he'll be surrounded by familiar names to us: the Hunter Greens, the Nick Lodolos, et cetera, et cetera, Graham Ashcraft, all these guys. Uh, and, and I think he would be an anchor in a rotation that would be rather formidable if all those guys could stay healthy over the course of the season. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's 60 and 32 in his career. 60 and 32 yeah. with a 3.2 ERA. I mean, now you're talking. Right, Reed Mouse? No. I mean, Reed, you, you know, Reed, you got to, you know, he's a Cub guy, Dad. So we have to run everything through him to get his yeah, expert okay. opinion on it first. Yeah. All right. 
Before we go any further, you guys have anything on baseball you'd like to ask Marty Brenneman? Because I have a few other topics of college basketball and such. I but just no, go I, ahead, well, Elliot. I, please. I had I had no baseball questions per se. Uh, I did have an Ohio State question. May I ask that? Ohio State. Sure. Yeah, the football team. The Ohio State yeah. football. Marty, yeah. I predict I predicted that it would be forty-two nothing. I was a little off on that, but I was right on the outcome. Uh, when you guys watched that on Saturday, what were the emotions in the room? I, I, I want to know what Tom was thinking. I wasn't with him watching he the game. I, why aren't you guys watching it together? Because I, you... I had to, another engagement I had to oh go to. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I thought this was a family thing. All right. Well, that's fine. I'll, I'll still ask my question. Do you think Ryan Day will be on the hot seat, Marty? I think if Ryan Day's on the hot seat, I don't give a damn if they ever win another football game again. Oh. I mean, I've dealt with these idiots on Twitter that want to run his <laughs> ass off. <laughs> He's 56 and 7, for God's sake. Granted, three of the seven losses have been to uh, Michigan. They'd rather beat Michigan than win a national championship, which I think is totally insane. I, I mean, I understand uh, when they ran Cooper off years ago, and I think he lost something like seven of nine games, whatever the case might be, to, to Michigan. That, that's a prime example right there. But I guarantee you, he did not have a 56-7 and seven record uh, when no. they gave him his walking papers. If, if, they, if they run Ryan Day off only because he's lost three straight to Michigan, I hope hell freezes over before Ohio State wins another football game. Does that it, it, answer it, it, your it, question? That, it, that does, and I agree with it. It's not happening. It's not happening. I mean, this is kind of like us talking about the Bengals doing something at the trade deadline, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it, it ain't happening. So yeah. why, why, you know, why we even bring it up? Uh, Reed? Well, maybe they should fire him and hire Lou Holtz. Maybe that, that would work. Yeah, but, that'd uh, work. Uh, hey, bring back Urban! <laughs> uh, Marty, I, I'm apologizing. Last week I was, I was out of town, so I don't know if they asked you this last week, but the, the Hall of Fame... You weren't missed, week. but go ahead. Huh? <laughs> the Hall of Fame ballot came out last week. Um, and yeah. as a, as you are a hall of famer, I have a, a curious case that I wanted to ask you about growing up. One of my favorite players was Joe Maurer. It's his first year on the ballot. Do you think a guy like Joe, ba Joe Maurer should be in the hall of fame? I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't pick him as one of my 10, you know, you could, I saw these people put the ballots on and say, who you pick, mm -hmm. um, you could pick up to 10 and I picked eight. Um, and he was not one of them as far as the first time on the ballot. He was not one of them. Okay, fair enough. Next fair question, enough. Elliot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a okay, I, had, I have another one. I'll go back to baseball. I debated Reed on this one. I think Yadier Molina should be in the Hall of Fame when that time comes. Do you think Yadier Molina is a, a Hall of Famer? Slam dunk. Yeah, I agree. Slam dunk. I not Reed, even open Reed to disagree discussion. with me. I agree. That's fine. You know what they say about opinions, don't you? Everybody's got one. You sure? They, a lot of them wear it on their shoulders, too. That's right. Are <laughs> yeah, we allowed I, to I, no, I think Yadi, I think Yadier Molina is definitely on. Now, whether or not he's the first ballot Hall of Famer, I don't know about that. But I think eventually he'll be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, yes. Um, are, are, are we, is, it, is it out of line to ask you who the eight guys are that you did vote for? Yeah, no, I'm trying to remember them now. If if uh, Elliot has the ballot, I could I could tell you when you went down it. I I remember some of them. Uh, I voted for Todd Helton. I would uh, I voted for Gary Sheffield. I voted for um, uh, the relief pitcher Billy uh, 
Wagner, Billy Wagner. Yeah, we we'll voted for Billy Wagner. Um, who else did I vote? Oh, the slam dunk. Adrian Beltre is the first ballot Hall of Fame. No doubt yeah. about that. He's, yeah, uh, he, yeah he'll, he'll go in. Uh, and I forget off the top of my head who the other ones were. Uh, it was an interesting ballot. It, it really was. I, uh, it's the kind of thing where you, if you got it, you're going to pick 10, up to 10. You don't have to pick 10, but that's the maximum. And you, you really have to study it a little bit. I found it very, very interesting. I really did. Trying to think of some of the other guys here that were on that list that did uh, that, that what we talked. I've got it in front of me. Yeah. If you voted for Gary Sheffield, did you vote for guys like uh, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Andy Pinnett that were also linked to steroids? I voted for Rodriguez. Okay. I voted for Manny Ramirez. I mean, you got to give it up now. You know, I'm, I'm I've, I've reached a point now where it's inevitable that these guys one day. And I, when I use these guys, I'm talking a generalization because maybe those mm-hmm. guys don't get in, but. Guys that were accused of uh, using performance-enhancing drugs, it's going to happen. Um, down the road, I think probably, and I would hope that when it does, there will be an asterisk by their name with some little small print down at the bottom of their plaque that, that, that included the fact that they were involved in, in, in nefarious type of uh, uh, things to get them ready to play baseball. Um, who else you got? Uh, what about a guy like Andrew Jones? That's a that's a curious case. One of the best defensive. I, I was a most. tough one right there. I was a very hard. I don't know. I don't think I did. But that was a hard. Uh, you had to pause when you saw his name. Yeah. Switch hitting Carlos Beltran. Uh, no. Okay. That's, okay, that's, that's about it. That's about it. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say. I mean, I don't know if this is like breaking news or anything. I don't want to overplay it that way. But I don't know if I've ever heard you say, even in private conversation, that you were on board to vote for some of these guys in that steroid era. Well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, I was not a big fan of putting the DH in the National League either. But um, uh, I realized that sooner or later it was inevitable it was going to happen. Um, and and so I think when you think about these guys, uh, you have to consider the fact that they are going to get in because of the influx of young people talent that in the Baseball Writers Association that are absolutely consumed and eaten up uh, by analytics and, 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 and address these guys with uh, minimal concern over what they did, uh, albeit cheating. Uh, so I, I think that whether you want them in or not, they're going to get in eventually, and there's not a heck of a lot that you can do about it. So you'd be okay now if I hear you right, just based on that logic, if I'm connecting the dots. You'd be okay with Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sosa, all those guys now. I'm not okay with it, but I realize it's going to happen. I don't think there's any question about the fact that, and it'll take some time probably, uh, that it it is going to happen down the road sooner or later. So, I mean, I don't have anything to do with it. And if, if I'm asked about it, I'll say, no, I'm not happy about it. But I understand that there was a certain level of inevitability that predicted that these guys one day will be in baseball's Hall of Fame, and you got to suck it up and live with it. Okay. All right. Uh, Reds Fest is this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. What are yes. your duties, if any, at Reds Fest now as a retired broadcaster? Well, I I, uh, I have to uh, – I'm going to be on the stage on Friday night. They're going to have a cel- birthday celebration for George Foster, which I nice. think is great. Yeah. I'll be doing a brief interview with George for the edification of those people sitting in the audience. Um, I'm going to visit with sponsors. I'm going to visit with the 
uh, great people that represent the Dragonfly uh, uh, outfit. I'm going to uh, be a part of uh, the Hall of Fame booth uh, that Rick Walls and his people have, um, and then do the introductions of those playing poker at the end of Reds Fest on late Saturday afternoon. So essentially, that's basically what I'm going to be involved in. So, I mean, when you're sitting there in the autograph line or the picture-taking line, people are waiting in line to take a picture with you or get an autograph. Mm-hmm. Do, do you have a lot of sort of the Elliots of the world that, that, that come through there and they might ask for special things or, or ask, you know, kind of off-the-wall things? Is that a regular sort of thing or just every now and again? It's, 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 it's uh, every now and then. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. I mean, I, you know, I sometimes act rather condescendingly toward Elliot, but I take him with a grain of salt. I understand where he's coming from. And, and, and uh, sometimes I, you know, I inwardly cast pity on him, but I mean, I understand that, that he is what he is. Um, and so uh, it makes my life easier and I'm sure, sure that it makes his life easier and those like him. Because if they ask for something off the wall, I, I, I would say, yes, I'll be happy to write that, or I don't do that. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty much open and shut. Yeah, okay. I, you know, dealing with the people that I've dealt with uh, over the course of my career uh, has pretty much stood me in good stead with dealing with anybody. Uh, and certainly, uh, Elliot's ilk, uh, I've crossed that path, path many times. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. It's been suggested here. Casey, I want to give you a chance. Do you have anything for Marty today before we wrap this up? Nothing at all? I thought you wanted to talk about college basketball. Well, I do want to ask you. I, I'm saying about this whole baseball kind of thing and, and Reds Fest. And oh, yeah, right. Kind of thing. Right, hey, right. I mean, how yeah. about our guy, Cal? I'll tell you one thing. I watched him last night, and, you know, it was a close first half. Yep. Second half, it was circle the wagons from the from the inbounds pass that started the final twenty minutes of play. It was an. I told Amanda sitting there. I said they are very very good, and they are deep, and they still have not played the big guys that they've got. One seven foot one kid who has a lot of talent. They say they still haven't gotten into a game pending, you know, a decision by the stupid organizations of all stupid organizations, the NCAA. Um, they got a chance to really be exceptional as the season goes along. And it's nice to know that a Kentucky kid is is just about as good as it gets when he's on the floor, and that's Reed Shepard. He is really a nice player. His daddy and mom have to be awfully proud of him. Jeff was a great player when he was at Kentucky. And Reed Shepard really is a good player, and it's fun to watch him play. Uh, did you see any of the UC game last night? I did not. Uh, I did not, thank God, okay. uh, based okay. on what Elliot said about the camera. That uh, was horrible, Marty. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would I I'd have a hard time watching that. Um, obviously, you didn't, uh, and, and, and God bless you for that. And I'm thrilled to death that Wes is 6-0. and um, Granted, he's not played the greatest schedule in the world to win six games in a row to begin the season. That's to come, but – You'd rather I don't care who you're playing. You'd rather be six and zero than three and three after six games. And 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 I think he I think his team is a team that's got a chance of doing nothing but getting better 
as the season wears on. Yeah. So I'm going to be interested in watching uh, UC. And, I, you know, Xavier, uh, they lost a tough game the other night. Uh, they they bounced back. I, I think uh, I think any team under Sean Miller is going to be fine, and I don't think this team's any exception. And Northern Kentucky, uh, with the program that Darren Horn has built over there, I think they're going to have a decent season. So I think it's going to be a good year for college basketball in the city of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky. Okay, well, see now here you just you, you just fired something into my mind, and I got to get your opinion on this before I let you go. You just mentioned Wes Miller. Sean yep. Miller, Darren yep. Horn, Marty yep. Brenneman, okay, Anthony Munoz. You know where I'm going with this now, right? That uh, big yes, time commercial you guys are doing these days, right? Where everybody's sitting yes, around sir. a big table, kumbaya. They're great spots. Now, do we you had a know, good time. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear the good stuff first. No, we had a great time. The one I was invited. Anthony was involved in the second one they did. Oh, okay. You were with Barry um, Larkin. That's right. Barry I Larkin. was with Barry right. and the three coaches and the ladies. Um, I, it was. We had a great time shooting that commercial, and the, we had a incredibly professional production crew, and and it came out very well. And I think the Alta Fiber people are very pleased with it. Um, it's gotten a lot of conversation in town. And uh, we had a great time doing it and look forward to working with them again in the future. Well, I was going, actually, more importantly, I was going down the road. Do you know, and I mentioned Munoz, yeah. we're just going to have him in, in this conversation just for the, for the sake of, I want you to okay. pick one of these names that doesn't fit, okay? Five people, four of them have all done one thing, one of them has not. Uh -oh. I'll leave that alone. So, Marty Brenneman. Anthony Munoz, two Hall of Famers, I might add, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Wes Miller, Sean Miller, Darren Horn. Which one does not fit in that group? I don't know, me? Nope. Nope. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Marty Brenneman, Anthony Munoz. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Marty Brenneman, Anthony Munoz. Okay. Wes Miller, Sean Miller. Darren Horn, four of those five have one thing in common, maybe more than one, but one we know for sure, and one doesn't fit in that in that quintet. Do you know who that might be? I have no idea what you're talking about. Sean Miller is the only one of that quintet that has not been a guest on Off the Bench. Really? Yeah. Yep. Why not? That's a good, you know what? That's the question. That's the billion dollar question that we ask on this show probably, well, certainly this time of year, we ask about three times a week. What kind of excuses do you get? And I, and I underline that word excuses heavily. Well, I mean, apparently didn't know how to work the link that we send out on the email. He's got enough people surrounding him that can take care uh, of that. Apparently not. So we're gonna okay. we're gonna though we're gonna leave the invitation open. We don't want to burn any bridges around here. No, right? Yeah, right. No, he was. Well, or do you think I burned him already? No. Well, you might have burned him already, if I'm gonna be honest. But <laughs> here's the good news. He listen. He was too focused on Oakland. He was too busy on beating Oakland. Uh, no, had, this he, was last year. Yeah, but he was he, he he didn't come on last year. He was too busy focused on Oakland basketball. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out for him. But I wish him the best. Marty, do you think you and I will ever be in a commercial one day together? <laughs> Well, I would certainly look forward to it. Um, probably not because you have a you 
probably have a tough time delivering your lines convincingly. Um, I, oh, I think I could deliver him great. I think I could deliver him great. What do you, you think do? about well, Elliot as a guest Marty, if appearance? You me, a guest appearance with you and Amanda. One chance in a Laura's lean. lean spot. One chance. How does that sound? That would work for me. Give me I one. Would, I'd love to spend. Huh? I just want one chance at a Laura's lean commercial, Marty. That's all I want. I want one chance at a Laura's lean, and I'll blow your socks off. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll be, it'll be a while because we did a bunch of them last year or ah. this late earlier this year. But down the road, you know, I I would certainly uh, if they could figure out something that you could do, and that might be tough. But um, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I yeah, could be I'm, a ba- I, I could be a background character. Maybe I'm like you know shining your shoes or something like that. So, something where I, sure. you know, I, I I'm just in the background. Maybe I could shine your shoes. Something that. That something like that would be very comfortable for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something that comes Shining natural. Shining my shoes. But there would Coming be down. one line. <laughs> yeah. There would be one line that would be a must to tag at the end of a Laura's Lean commercial. Here we go. Do you know what that line is? No. You would take a bite of Laura's Lean and you would say, <laughs> this hungry dog just ran a little bit faster. That's what you'd say, Marty. You not no. <laughs> No, that not oh, certainly not. That wouldn't make sense. I would take a bite of a Lars Lean cheeseburger and say, "This hungry dog ain't as hungry as he was when he was running faster." <laughs> I think it would be great television. I think it would be great. I think it would be great TV. Absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Enough nonsense. Uh, Dad, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Tom, it's always a little slice of heaven for me to be on with you and Reed and Casey and Elliot. It's just uh, (laughs) may end up being the highlight of my day, and it's not even 11 o'clock yet. Well, then it's off to a good start. It certainly is. All right. We are grateful for the time. Thank you. Love you. Talk to you later. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day, guys. You too, Marty. All right. I mean, I I I could see that coming from him. He didn't see that coming. No, he didn't. You picked it up. I was ready for him I was, to I, deliver the line. I was on. I was. I was seeing what you were doing over there. I was watching your eyes, and I, and I knew where you were going. I knew exactly where you were going. Okay. We got him. All right. All right. Nice to have him on here. You know that old glass now, though Bieber thing. Uh, when I was doing some research on this last night, a little bit more this morning, um, I tell you, you know, and and, and I look, I respect Nick Kirby as much as anybody. This guy knows everything going on with baseball and players inside and out. And quite honestly, I, I, I would acknowledge and have no problem acknowledging that this guy's forgotten more about most of these guys than I'll ever know. And I have no problem admitting that. Uh, being out of sport for the last three years, I'm not diving into this. But when I just sit down, okay, and, and, and it's funny because when you sit down and you look at numbers, a lot of the analytics crowd wants to use a lot of numbers. And, and look, I'm not suggesting that Nick is all in on all analytics. I'm not, it's not where I'm going here. But what I'm saying here to illustrate is that, you know, it always seems like it's one more thing to justify, right? So Nick jumped in here today and said, well, uh, the velocity was down for Bieber, mm-hmm. okay? But it was never better for Glass now. Okay. I have no doubt that that's true. He knows that that's true, okay? But if that's going to be, and I'm sure Nick could come up with a lot more. I'm not suggesting this is all he has. But if, 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 that, if that's the only bullet you have in your gun to argue to sign Tyler Glass now, trade for him, 
give up players to get a $25 million pitcher who is going to be in your rotation next season. $25 million. Glassnow will be making the same amount of money Joey Votto made last year. And you're going to bring in a starting pitcher that is going to be on an innings count. They already have an entire staff full of guys on an innings count. Green is going to be on an innings count. Ton of time on the DL this year. Lodolo is going to be on a very carefully watched innings count. Andrew Abbott went through that this year already. He will be on another innings count. Brandon Williamson will be on an innings count. Connor Phillips will be on an innings count. And now you're going to trade for a guy, pay him $25 million on an innings count because his velocity is up? No freaking way. 25 mil. Bieber for 10? Hey, look. For $10 million, just think of it this way for a second. The Cardinals signed Lance Lynn to a $10 million one-year contract. Mm-hmm. Shane Bieber's stuff falling out of bed is off the charts better than Lance Lynn's stuff. No doubt. Okay? Yeah, Lynn's no been around a lot longer. He has a longer track record. But Bieber, this year was the first time he really faced some issues. He didn't need Tommy John. They checked it all out. He missed a bunch of starts, forearm, elbow, and that's normally not a good sign. But one year, 10 million bucks, right? Yep. Winner, gamer, right? Takes the ball, lays it out there, has been a starter his entire career as opposed to Glass now, who's been primarily a, an infrequently used and available starting pitcher. He's never made more than 14 starts in a season. Until this year. And he made 21 and pitched 120 innings in 21 starts. There is no way I am giving up players and paying that guy $25 million. As someone who doesn't have stake in this game, wouldn't, couldn't you argue the fact that Tyler Glass now got stronger last year while Shane Bieber got weaker? You like, could. What, one's going down, one's going up. You can make that argument. And at the end of the day, Tom, and I think uh, Kirby put this in the chat, is either way, if one of those guys come to the Cincinnati Reds, the starting rotation is better than it was before they got there. So that you got to keep that in mind. Is you, you can argue about this guy or this guy. Either way, the team is getting better if you pull one of them in. But, yeah, devil's advocate in me would say, well, one guy had his best year of his career last year in Tyler Glasnow where he threw the most innings, had the most strikeouts. You saw the most starts of his career. And then the other guy probably got banged up, was banged up a little bit. His velocity's down and had one of the worst years of his career. So uphill, downhill trajectory. Uh, as a fan who, who wants and begs the Reds to spend money, who begs the Reds to go out and get people, I can't have it both ways. I can't be mad at them for trying to get better, paying a guy $20 million. I'm not going to do it. Despite innings limit, he certainly makes this team better. 100%. Just like Reed just said, just like Kirby said, he makes the team undoubtedly better. Yes. I get your point. I get your point. But at the end of the day, if the Reds are going to go out and spend money to get a, a very good starting pitcher, because that's what Glass now is, he's very good. If they go out and pay him $25 million, I'm not going to sit here and be mad. Because everybody this whole past offseason was mad that they didn't spend any money, right? So I don't get to have it both ways. My thing is, you, you got to be smart with, smart with this. If you want to go out and get both, let's get both. We don't have to limit ourselves to one person here. We are, we, we have, we have, we, right now, our payroll is nothing. We are paying nobody anything right now, as of this moment. 
We can go out and make a couple of these trades. We can go out and make a couple of these moves. I'm not going to worry about what we're paying people. You have to start paying people. Joey Votto's contract was $25 million, $20 million. That's a standard contract in the MLB for a player. It's standard. $20 million is not anything now. It's not. It's a standard MLB contract. People were riding the streets because we paid a guy $20 million for 10 years. It's what, it's what you have to do to win games in the MLB. I am not going to fault the Reds if they pay him $25 million. If, if he gets hurt, now if you go out and get a guy like Jacob deGrom, who you know is going to get hurt yeah. every single year after year after year after year, then we can start having that conversation. Maybe Glass now is that guy. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, as of this second, he's coming off a decent season. I'd like to see him in a Reds he's uniform. He's coming off a damn good season. He's, I, I'd like to see him in a Reds uniform. I'd, like, I'd, I'd like to see him in a Reds uniform. And if it costs $25 million for a chance, a risk of an injury – then you got you still got to do it. Injuries, okay, but, but, but injuries happen in sports. Kurt, uh, Nick, help me with this. I think I'm right on this because Nick's in the chat. If I'm not mistaken, before they've hit salary arbitration, they got a handful of guys. Nobody's going to break the bank of no. the guys that they have uh, in arbitration. They got a handful of them out there. India, a couple others, um, three plus player years service. Um, they're they're gonna right now they're around forty million. Let's say that jumps up to fifty five million. They have been up well over a hundred million. Okay, people wanted them to spend more the last couple of years, but they've been up over a hundred million last year. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's just say it's fifty five. So, you know, if their payroll last year was one hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen, I mean, you're looking at sixty something million dollars that this franchise conceivably has to spend. All the rumors out there at the owners' meeting last week, and I don't think they're rumors. I, I think pretty much they're confirmed. That Bob Castellini has said to Nick Crawl and said to a lot of these agents out there, hey, you know, the bank is open around here. We're willing to spend some money. We think we're getting close. And, and, and look, say whatever you want about the Castellini ownership group. Most of the time, not all the time, But most of the time when they had a team that needed something and they had to give up something or they had to spend some money, they did spend some money. They gave up three number one picks to get Matt Latos in 2012. Cueto got hurt that year. Cueto, uh, Latos was unquestionably their best starting pitcher. Whether you like the dude as a guy or not, it's irrelevant. He was their best starting pitcher, especially down the stretch in September. Um, So, you know, look. And then the one year they go out and they spend a bunch of money, it turned out to be bad deals on the Moustakas of the world, right? And these guys. But they, they, they went out and made the deal for Trevor Bauer. He won a Cy Young Award. Okay? Mm-hmm. There have been years, and, 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 and maybe this isn't that year. I don't know if realistically there are people that look at this team and they, they can honestly say this is a playoff championship caliber team. I, I, I don't know if they're there. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what they think. And if they think that going out and spending $70, 80000000 million on top of what they're committed to spending now, man, oh, man. I mean, you know, the question is, though, are they going to do it? Would you, would you be in favor of them using that $70, 80000000 million, whatever it is that they, could, that they can add to their payroll and getting outside forces? Or would you rather them do something like we've seen other teams do in the National League and what they already started to do with Hunter Green and lock up some of their young talent for an extended period of time, not just the six years that you're already allocated to, to have player control? I am all for locking up guys once they've proven they can do it. 
And I mean do it production and do it availability. For the life of me, I have no idea why they would have handed Hunter Green that contract last winter. He has not stayed healthy one season since he came to the – now, he hadn't been around very long. I, you know, okay. But every year he's had a chance for the pitch, to pitch for the major league team, he has been on the injured list for extended periods of time. We wondered if he was ever coming back this year. And I'm never going to beat up a guy for being injured. Guys get hurt. I get it. But like, like Lodola, you're going to lock up Nick Lodola? You're going to lock up Andrew Abbott? The only, the only two guys that I would even give remote consideration as young players to signing to a long-term deal right now. And, and I would wait, by the way, until the end of this upcoming season. Right, just to see the But the two would clearly be Steer and McLean. I'm not giving Ellie De La Cruz a seven-year deal. Go look at what, what Acuna and Albies were doing their first and second years in the big leagues. They played every day. They didn't hit a buck 10 in September. Strike out 48% of the time, whatever it was. And Cruz may end up going to be the next Sammy Sosa. I don't know. Okay? And I don't mean that in a PED kind of way. Sosa was a hell of a player. I mean, Damn know, right, he Tom. was a hell of a player. Damn right. You know, aided or not, the guy was – and he was there every night mm-hmm. at the post. Never hurt. Hunter Green's getting paid $8 million a year. It's not – I mean, we're not – That's a fair deal for Hunter we're, Green. We're not giving this guy $25 million. No, Tom. but here's He's, the point, Elliot, is that you – I, I, I don't disagree with you in any form or fashion. What I'm telling you is you could have signed him to that same contract this winter. You could sign him to that same contract next winter winter and you say you're only paying him eight million dollars you wouldn't have even gone to salary arbitration with hunter green this year you'd be paying him maybe a million seven fifty eight hundred thousand a million dollars and you gave him eight million this year but then you run the game you run the risk of of him having a breakout year, and then now you're going to have to pay him twenty million, not eight million. Maybe that's the he'd gamble. be worth it. That's the game. That's the gamble that you play when when you sign these long term deals, and you're saying, "Hey, listen, these guys once they get to arbitration, if they are all stars, are going to be getting this money anyways." I think the Hunter Green deal was was more than was a great deal. And not to mention it was incentive based as well. If Hunter Green pitches well, he's going to make more money. It's going to be better for the Reds. Not, and we need Hunter Green. If Hunter Green doesn't work out, then maybe none of them work out, and then we have nothing in general. So um, you have to take a little bit of a risk, like Reed's saying. You have to gamble. It's the game. Play a little bit. $8 million, it's, it's pennies. We're paying him pennies, essentially, to be a guy who we think and who he has shown, at least at times. Tom is right. He's certainly been injured. He has shown in spurts that he could be one of the best pitchers in baseball. He has shown. Yes. Now... If he can stay healthy is the big key because, again, all of our pitchers seem to have an injury bug. It's very early in all of their careers. They probably weren't used to the high leverage, high inning count that they are being pushed to play in at a, at a major league level. You saw it with Andrew Abbott. He kind of fell off at the end of the year. I think his arm, I think he had a dead arm at the end of the year. I think his arm was just – he gave out. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to take the gamble because at some point the Braves have done it with all their players. They get them young, and you hope for the best. And it works. 
if it doesn't work with Hunter Green, then it might not work with anybody. And then why are we even playing this sport? It's it just, it just, it's a productive gamble in my opinion. I have no issues with Hunter Green. Would I give Ellie De La Cruz a ten million uh, contract after last year? No, I think that's way different. I think that's completely different. I think Hunter Green showed that he improved. He was capable of being our number one guy in spurts. I, I, I think we're okay with Hunter Green. Okay. I, I agree with Tom. I do agree with Tom about Ellie as of this second. Just because of uh, Ellie, I would say Ellie didn't have a very good year. If you look back at it, statistics. He did some spectacular things 100%. that we've never seen before. But, but at the end of the day, they are what they are, the numbers. Statistic, statistically, Ellie was not very good, I would say. I think it's fair to say that. He had some incredible home runs. He showed some spurts defensively. But he had a lot of errors. He, he struck out a ton. I think his, his plate discipline went way down. Right, right-handed side of the plate was abysmal. I, w- I, wouldn't go out, I wouldn't go out of the way to give Ellie De La Cruz a, a $15 million contract yet, as of this moment. All right. I'm going to ask uh, for a timeout here. Uh, right. And, uh, Ellie, are you giving us a weather update or no weather update Well, I th- today? I th- instead of weather, I was just going to give – we had some super chats. I was going to read All some right, of we'll those. All right, we'll do that. And then when we come back, we've got Tommy G, right? At yeah. 11 o'clock. Or is 11, that 1110? 1110. All right. 11, all right. Fellas, take it away right now. Please. Okay. By Casey, all means. Well, Casey, Casey you, you go and start do the ads. You yeah. do the ads. All right. So the uh, Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. We didn't really do the Bengals. We did the Bearcats Bear report. report. Bearcats report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center. Supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. productivity. Great job, guys. That was in sync. Perfect. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Here it is. Pony Water. You all know what it is. Made right here in Hamilton, Ohio. Uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water. Some say... The best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee at UDF. Bet on Betfred. And those are our sponsors for the day. Let's read the Super Chats. Before we, Casey, do me a favor and uh, pull up a, the, the store's web browser. After we get through the Super Chats, let's go through the store and, and publish yes. uh, some of that. Yes. Plus, go ahead and go through the... Yeah, so Chad Waits, he said, me and Casey cooked Blanny over a campfire. That's nice, tough, Casey. Nice. That's tough. Uh, Justin Edgel, I, 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 I'm going prof- to mess up how I say that last name every time. I think it's Edgel. I think I'm, we're going to go Edgel. Just, I, I call you Justin, though. Justin, enjoy the show every day. Thanks, everyone, on the show in the chat. Sam Beckman, I believe this is his first super chat. Go Big Blue. Fun Kentucky basketball is back. I watched that game. Reed Shepard looked legit. I think there were some, some questions about whether Reed Shepard would instantly improve that team. And as a freshman, dropped 21 points against the 8th-ranked uh, Miami Hurricanes. It's a big-time game. How about that? Uh, and Mr. Mo says, Tom Elliott, Tom Elliott, Reed Elliott, Trace Casey, I love you all. Question, he loves you twice. He loves me twice. Thank you very much, Mr. Mo. Question, the first rivalry game for my wife and I – OSU lost. Does this mean I need to get the divorce papers and try again next year? I think that is grounds for divorce. divorce. Yeah, yeah I not, think you have to. We're not a marriage experts around here, but that does seem like grounds for divorce. Also, why is our lights not on? Huh. I noticed that too. I just noticed that. No lights. No lights on. Casey, go ahead and show us some of the show us some of the new yeah, uh, the merch, merch that we've got here. And I'm gonna figure yeah, out we've got a lot of new merch people. Um 
I, I mean, th th this merch line is fantastic. I won't lie. I love join the chatter. That's my favorite one. Um, Elliot, what's your favorite one? My favorite one is the if you scroll if we if it's the Aziz Bandango. Uh, it's the this the right AB fifty five one. Love yep. it. Absolutely love it. I love the golf one as well. Yep, the golf one is up here. But I mean, like, we, we have some awesome stuff in the in the store now. Um, the Xavier football undefeated sweatshirt. It's elite. That's yep. an elite sweatshirt. Got a lot of good stuff. Check it out. We still have all of our old stuff, too, if you like our reds and Thick. our Cincy shirts for Bearcats. Um, just check out our store. We've got a lot of awesome stuff. 50% off. And it's all 50% off. Through still. this week. Only through this week. So the, the deal ends on Saturday. You get free shipping on any orders over $100. So, uh, yeah, make sure to get your stuff and, and help support this company. Well, uh, uh, our buddy in the chat, hashtag Team Reed. Yeah, what about that turn of events? Mouse Cop. That's his new handle? Yeah. Team Reed, Tom. I'm You're getting, kidding I'm get, I'm getting me. I'm getting everybody on my side. Just slowly taking them away from Elliot. That's right. Everyone was Team Elliot for the longest time. Just it's slowly. now Team Reed. Team Reed wants to know, where's the zebra merch? <laughs> no, well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the zebra merch is. I would love a hoodie with like a zebra on Our it. Our buddy Mark Fetter said that he got the long sleeve sea box against the world. Let's go, Mark. Nice. That's awesome, Mark. Nice. Mark's the goat. That's uh, that's big league. I gotta order. I gotta get some for my family. Me too. For my family for Christmas, yes. and then we'll we'll get those things. So, uh, just running through the show, Tom, for for the rest of the show. Just in the second hour, we're gonna have Tommy G on eleven ten. We're gonna do our power rankings. Casey, do you got your stink list today? I do. We got a stink list, and we also have Reed's top five. So a fun second half of the show ahead of us. All right, here's a question for you Sling. before we get to. Uh, Tommy G. Yep. Okay. Team doesn't matter. Okay? It doesn't matter. Whoever your favorite NFL team is. Okay? And, and I mean, whether you're talking about Andy Reid, you're talking about Kyle Shanahan, right? Yeah. You're talking about Mike McCarthy. You're talking about Zach Taylor. You're talking about John Harbaugh. It doesn't matter for this question. It's a simple question. Mm -hmm. If you could hire Bill Belichick tomorrow to be your head coach, tomorrow, for your favorite team, and all he's going to do is come in and be the coach. He's not going to be the GM. He's not going to be director of football operations, all that kind of thing. He is just going to be your head coach. For your favorite NFL team, would you take him? If I could pick up the phone and say, operator, can you get me Bill Belichick? And we could put time in a bottle and uh, get Belichick over here. I don't know. I think the game's passed him, Tom. I think the game okay. has, has passed Bill Belichick by. And, there's, you know, there's always going to be a brighter day tomorrow. But I, I think those brighter days are gone for, for Bill Belichick. Okay. I think I yeah, I mean the sun it's hard for the sun to shine when Mac Jones is your quarterback and then you and you're going from Mac Jones to Bailey Zappi in between drives. I mean, he picked those guys just like <clears> He know. did. Right. He did. He made a mistake. He thought Mac Jones was going to be good enough. He was not. Made That's fair. That's fair to you. But I, I I'd say this, I'd say Bill Belichick has done a lot more winning in his in his career than losing. So, I would take I would take Bill Belichick in a heartbeat. Now, would would this be a plausible scenario? No, it's not. But hypothetically, 
Hypothetically, if I could get Bill Belichick, I would take Bill Belichick. You can't let him. You can't let him be the GM. Correct. You can't let him well, be the I GM. I said that. I and, said that. And let him like draft guys like Leroy Brown and, and Big Bad Jimmy Walker. I think it's so- <laughs> that was good. I think at some point during the winning streak or during the winning the the the, the dynasty, right? I think Kraft and, and Belichick became too good of friends, and they were up there with the champagne, and they're like, "Hey, Billy, you want to do uh, you want to do GM? Sure, it doesn't matter. We'll win another Super Bowl." And I think it kind of got lost in there, and I think they kind of got a little bit complacent. Saying that, they won seven or six Super Bowls. Certainly. So it's like, uh, what does it matter? I'll take Bill Belichick right now. No GM, but he can be my head coach. I think Bill Belichick's a damn good head coach. I don't think any player has ever said anything against Bill Belichick. So, okay. For what it's worth, Bill Belichick did not a whole lot of winning before Mr. Tom Brady, the greatest player to ever play the sport, was there and hasn't done a whole lot of winning since he's left. Well, I mean, you're, uh, you're spot on, but it should be noted. That when people say he's been bad the last three years, that is just simply incorrect. He's been bad this year. Yeah. Last year, they were a 500 team, one game under. The year before, Mac Jones' rookie year, they were 10-7, and seven, and they got beat in the AFC playoffs by Buffalo. Got so, I mean, you know, the, yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying, they right. got there. Right, they right? Play- Okay, they got there. Casey, where would you come down on this? Absolutely not, Tom. I would not, I would not take him one bit. I'm too afraid that he's going to so mess up. So all three of you I, guys I, are telling I, me, too or afraid. you said maybe. No, no, I didn't say maybe. I said I want Bill Belichick. Wow. Okay. If, if, right. if okay. There's a I thought you were kind of waffling. No, 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 no. I said no GM. I agreed with you on the no GM Okay, part. okay, okay. And, and you're saying, so two of the three, you're saying no, Casey? Yeah, no I'm too to Bill afraid. Belichick? I'm too afraid he's going to mess up our culture that we've built there. Who's we? The Bengals. The, too afraid to mess up it, the Tom. culture in that, in that roster. You don't want to mess with the chemistry there. Okay, let I, me ask you this before we get to Tommy G. Let me yeah. throw another name out at you. Okay. What about Jim Harbaugh? Mm, I'd take him would, tomorrow. Would, would you take, take Jim Harbaugh tomorrow over whoever is the head coach of your NFL team? Yay or nay? Jim Harbaugh. I would take Jim Harbaugh. Uh, yeah, I think I'd take Jim Harbaugh. He has won so. everywhere he's gone, Tom. He's brought ev- he's brought an unprecedented period of success everywhere he's gone. San Diego po- State, Stanford, San Francisco 49ers, and now at Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is a winner. I would I would like yeah, I would I'd like Jim Harbaugh. The best part about Harbaugh is he doesn't even have to be on the sidelines anymore. Right, you just right. put him up in the booth. You let him sit at home, do whatever he wants on, on, on Sunday afternoons. He doesn't have to be there. You just win. Yeah, he gets you just the team have ready. Sharon Moore coach the offense. That's right. right. Just, just get Monday, Monday through Saturday he coaches. Then Prep he him up. At, then he sits in the hotel, watches it, picks up his game check and box number 10 and goes on. I think it's, by the way, I, to Casey's point, I, and I know it was kind of in jest, the culture thing. If you if you lose out here and you go five and was that five and twelve, what call? I mean, what at what point does the culture matter? Yeah, I mean, I, it was a joke. I would take, I would take Jim, because I don't. I think he's not only won everywhere he's gone, but I like the culture that he brings, the toughness that he brings. Yeah, he's, he is what toughness. he is what you want Ryan Day to be. Does 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 uh, does uh, Belichick not bring toughness? Uh, Belichick is. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. Tom, what do you mean? Tom how how can you be how guy. can you be a guy that brings a culture of toughness when your team is two and nine? Oh my god! I don't think it's that's the first that's bad good. year the guys ever had. That's not true. First though. He got fired it's from uh, the true. Cleveland. Right? That's that because Cleveland the job. franchise was moving. I mean, come on, they never even really gave him a chance there. He, he, went, he took in the playoffs one year. 
Went 11 and 5 his second to last year when they had boarded up and they were leaving town. I mean, you know. Oh, but forgive me ever since. First, 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 first. It's 19 divisional championships. There's a reason. 19! There's a reason that New England wants him walking back to Georgia, Tom. It's because he can't win anymore. He, his time has passed. Yeah, his he's standing in time. the Alabama rain. Let me ask you, how many games do you think Zach Taylor wins in New England this year? Not how, many. How many games? Four and 20. I wasn't talking about – I said any team that you might root for out there. I'm not talking about just specifically the Bengals. I was talking about anybody. You know, if you're in Kansas like City and you could have Belichick, I mean, would you make the move? Okay, most people in Kansas City would say, I wouldn't make a move for anybody, for the guy we got now, right? I think most people in San Francisco would say the same thing. I think most people in Baltimore, most, would say, not a chance. You start getting to some other places now, it'd be hard-pressed to find me another city besides the three I just named. Maybe Philly, because they really like this guy. He's their kind of guy. But outside of that, I think you start walking around. I mean, if you were to touch base in uh, maybe Pittsburgh, if you were to touch base in Cleveland, how do you think they'd react to that? Yeah. I think they'd be all over. I think they'd be into it. I think they'd be all it over. It would be the biggest mistake <laughs> they ever made. Okay. The all city right. that smells. Okay. Why are you always beating down Cleveland? I'm not. Somebody not said in the down, chat, somebody said in the points. chat, it's a waste of breath for us talking about this. Look, we're just having fun. It was we're, hypothetical. It's just having a little fun. The, the other one that I thought was so interesting, and again, we got Tommy G coming up here in a minute. I find this fascinating. Tom Allen gets fired as the coach of Indiana. Yeah. They are trying to figure out who is going to replace Tom Allen at Indiana. Now, my understanding is, I think Tom Allen's a good football coach. My understanding is at Indiana is they have not embraced and nor have forget embraced. They have not done anything to make NIL a big part of their pitch to players coming out of high school or those that might be in the transfer portal. They're really behind everybody else. And make no mistake, there's a lot of money in Indiana now. I mean, a ton of money at Indiana. It may not be Ohio State or Michigan, right. but there's a lot of money at Indiana. John Cougar still donating. Uh, he's still there every game. Um. Among others. But the one name that, 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 you know, they start talking about the, you know, this guy's coordinator and that guy and Sharon Moore at Michigan and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you keep hearing about the name that is kind of floating around. He has ties to Indiana. John Gruden. John Gruden. Has would you ever, hire John Gruden at Indiana? Has he ever been I a college would. coach? I mean, yeah, yes, I would, right? Because at, at Indiana, you got nothing to lose, right? That, that's, that's a very well, high Well, you're going to get into the whole thing about, you know, the comments and the emails he made. I mean, there, there's going to be some baggage now. I mean, you know, we talked about this with Trevor Bauer. Right. Uh, we talked about this with, with hiring Tom Brenneman. I mean, you're going to have some baggage there, right? This, you're going to have to answer a lot of questions yeah. from some people who – who maybe don't want to, to answer that question. And you're going to have some pushback on some people. Would you hire John Gruden at Indiana? 
I know Indiana is a very liberal state, but I don't think that they will uh, hire. I don't think they'll have any problems hiring John Gruden, Tom. I don't think that state will have any problems. Dude, that town is one of the most liberal. I know you're kidding well, it's about a college the state. Town. That yeah, happens. Right, that that's happens right. in, that's in, right. in college towns. Right. But uh, listen, Tom, what, hiring John Gruden, yeah, there, there there might be some baggage there. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever coached at the college level. I'd have to I'd have to look up his resume. But what do you got to lose if you're Indiana? Uh, you're coming off a three-win season. Your best season in the past ten years is you go. You're ranked for like two weeks, and you go seven and five. Like that's that's the best. But and, I, and I'm looking at his head coaching. He's never been the head coach at a at a college. He's only been a head coach at the NFL level. So you'd be wondering, hey, can you recruit? Can you recruit? But like I said, they've got nothing to lose. Yeah, go get John Gruden if he wants to coach there. Then absolutely, <laughs> you could. You could have a new level of success for Indiana football that you haven't seen. And Tom Allen did a decent job for Indiana for years. He really did. But, listen, they're coming off a three-win season. The expectations are so low over there for Bloomington that, yeah, this is that would be a great hire for them. He graduated high school when his father was an assistant coach at Indiana. He graduated – I mean, at – pardon me, at Notre Dame. Yeah. He graduated from high school in South Bend, Indiana. Elliot, would you hire – John I Gruden. Hire, I would hire him tomorrow. Yeah, I would absolutely. It's not even a thought in my mind. It would get it would get the fan base fired up. It, yep. would, be, it would be fun. And not to mention, he's a good football coach. He's a really good football coach. Um, it's going to be interesting because that name just kind of just keeps floating out there, and, and it's not like people are making it up. I mean, the people who are writing about this have sources inside that whole world with the athletic department there. I got to tell you, man. I, I mean. You know, our, our son goes there, and, man, you go to a football game at Indiana, and it is depressing. It's depressing how many empty seats are at that stadium. It's unbelievable. I mean, I went this year to two games, and I just – and that was early where the wheels hadn't fallen off yet. <laughs> I mean, it's just – it's mind-boggling to me how many students – are there on the campus on a Saturday afternoon in September or October, beautiful fall day. Just like that. And then they're like, eh, I'm not going over there to watch that. They got to walk, you know, quarter of a mile, half a mile. Nah, I'm not going. As funny as it is, as I've always said about college football, that I'd rather be an Indiana football fan than I would be an Ohio State fan. And people always ask me why, why, why. Well, take a look at this year. Ohio State went 11-1. and They were ranked number one in the country for, for many a weeks. And it's a disappointing season if they don't get in the college football playoff, which it seems like they might not. I mean, the, the door's still open. But that's, that doesn't seem like a, a fun fandom to me. And, that's, and I know a bunch of Ohio State fans watch the show. That doesn't seem a whole lot of fun. If you're an Indiana football fan, you win seven games. You beat one ranked team. You win a bowl game. It's a ballyhooed season. That's something that that seems more fun to me than being an Ohio State fan. Maybe that's just my objection. But why, why would fans come there? There's not a whole lot to root for over there right now. I don't know. And there I, hasn't been ever. I don't know if I agree with that mentality. What? I've been a UC football fan. I'm not exactly pleased when I go to the Idaho Potato Bowl. I'm not like I don't. But if I they go if they go nine and three, that's a good UC season. Ohio State just went eleven and one. We're number one in the country for like three weeks. Sure. And they lost their last they lost their last regular season game, and the season was a was a miss. I get it. I get it. It's just the, the college football thing. Listen, I think it would be more I – think, I think you're right. I, being in the Big Ten in general would be fun. I make fun of the Big Ten. I make fun of the SEC. I make fun of every conference, all, all the power fives. I make fun of them a little bit. The Big Ten, 
me, playing in that meaning in, in that meaningful of a conference, playing in that special of a conference would be incredible. So yeah, and, and being Indiana, it, the, the chance of every game being an upset almost, half the games being upsets, yeah, that is a little bit fun. Okay. Okay. So you have a point, but you know the Idaho Potato Bowl doesn't do anything for me. Neither does the Belk Bowl or the Hawaii Bowl. Listen, if Indiana, or the I seventy five Bowl, if Indiana goes five hundred, beats Purdue, and wins a bowl game, they, they had a great season over there. They did. Yeah, they had a lot right. of fun as a fan. You're right. Basketball. They did. Football fan. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But they need somebody there to get them to be able to to, to legitimately compete. That's what you want. I mean, they you know there was a stretch there near the end where they played really really well. And I know not a lot of people out there care about Indiana football, and mm-hmm. I get it. But um, then all of a sudden, the last couple of games, the wheels fell off after they had beaten Wisconsin, a couple of others, and then they get throttled by Michigan State. God, hey, you get beat by that team. Phone it in. Um, all right, our resident Browns fan, that we know. Tommy G, how are you, my man? I'm good. It's been a minute, Tom. It's good to see you. Uh, the Browns have won a few games since since we last spoke, so yes, that's good. And FC Cincinnati's won a whole bunch of games since we last spoke, so that is also great. So it's uh, it's been an exciting fall. Dude, I got to tell you, uh, as one uh, play-by-play guy to another, and I told the guys in the studio before the show yesterday, uh, your, your call the other night on that goal was just off the charts. I mean, you know, look – a lot of people that. talk about, but no, I, I, and I really mean this because, you know, I try to tell our son who wants to be a broadcaster, you know, look, every broadcaster is going to have their fair share of mistakes, things that you wish you'd have done a little different, mm-hmm. whatever it might be, right? But, but yeah. man, when the big moment comes, you know, I mean, the moment, you got to hit right. it. Good Lord willing, man. And yep. I'm telling you, dude, that call the other night, you hit it out of the ballpark. No, I appreciate it, and and certainly that's always the fear, right? That in that yeah. moment, you're going to misidentify the player, you're going to say the wrong thing, or you know something will will change the whole dynamic of it. And it was exciting. Um, I, I don't know if you saw the booth cam; it was exciting in the booth. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of left in, I, I left into into Kevin's arms there, but uh, we have fun and. You know, you're, you're kind of nervous, as you know. You go through a game like this, and as time starts to wear down, you start to think if that goal goes the other way, there isn't going to be much time for FC Cincinnati to make it up. And fortunately, uh, it went in favor of the orange and blue, and a thrilling night means there's another really exciting one, uh, you know, on the horizon coming up on Saturday. You know, but before we get to uh, breaking down the game and the matchup against Columbus and that kind of thing, I, I, I heard, um, what, Monday – that this game on Saturday night, uh, you're going to be broadcasting and it's going to be on WLW for the first time. Yeah, right? that's right. I mean, that, that's a big yep. deal, right, for you, for the franchise, it's for a, everybody else. For everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the big one for a reason, right? Um, and, and I think all of us who've, who've ever called uh, a game on, on 700 WLW, whether that's a, a Reds broadcast or a Cincinnati Bearcats broadcast or, or this Saturday – FC Cincinnati getting the bump to, to move up from ESPN 1530 over to WRW um, is a really big deal. And uh, a lot of folks, you know, have 700 WRW program. A lot of folks have 1530 program too, but but more folks have 700 WRW program, which means we're going to get more casual folks who tune in and, and hopefully stay on the broadcast. And that's really exciting and uh, thrilled, thrilled that we can put this biggest match in club history 
that, that hopefully in a week I'll be saying it's the second biggest Magic Club history. Yep. But right now it's the biggest Magic Club history, and it'll be on the big one, and that's really cool. Okay, let's talk about the game. Uh, first of all, yep. you know, look, at the end of the day, can it get any better it, when you're playing in the biggest game in franchise history to be playing Columbus? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a great question, and, and it, it'll probably shave a few years off my life with the tension <laughs> and the anxiety of, of the day and every shot that Columbus takes. But, uh, no, I think, uh, you know, I got a text yesterday from someone uh, who covers Major League Soccer on the national spectrum, and they said this is the conference final in the East that everybody wanted. And, and here we go, you know, an, another rivalry matchup. Uh, there there have been some heated ones of late. Uh, FC Cincinnati had a thrilling 3-2 victory inside of TQL Stadium back in May. They had a tough day when they went up to Columbus in August. Um, and, and it's two teams playing really good soccer and, and two teams that don't like each other very much. So, no, I, I, I don't think it gets any better than this. It's going to be very tense, I think, inside of the building. It adds another layer to the rivalry, but it adds another layer to, um, you know, to, to the playoffs. And, and MLS and Apple TV, and I was kind of wondering how the assignments would be. Um, you know, would the number one broadcast team, the A-team, be coming to Cincinnati for the game? And the answer is yes. Jake Timmon and Taylor Twelman will have it. Um, you know, and, and for one team, it's going to be glorious. And, and for the other, for the losing side, it's going to be awful, you know, times a hundred, hundred times worse than losing to anybody else in the conference final, uh, losing to your rival, but, uh, it will be really, really intense. And, uh, I am, I'm looking forward to the atmosphere in a big way. All right. Look, you talked about the tight game they played here, a three, two win by FC Cincinnati. And then, you know, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong because you've forgotten more about it than I'll know, but that stretch in August when they lost up there, that was the only time this year where I can remember FC Cincinnati just kind of going into a little lull for a little while. Now, I mean, I don't want to use that as an excuse, but you know, I, I, no. I, I mean, I kind of felt a little, is that right? Yeah, I think it's fair in some ways that the team came out of that League's Cup break. You know, they had a couple weeks off. They came out of that break and certainly didn't look sharp in that game. Now, important note, in that game in Columbus, they did not have Yersin Mascara. They did not have Matt Miazga, their top two defenders. And, of course, Matt was named Defender of the Year mm -hmm. and MLS Best 11 and didn't play in that game. And, and hopefully we will see him out there um, on the pitch for FC Cincinnati on Saturday. But Yersin in the middle of the three center backs managed very, very well the other day. They started Ray Gaddis in that game on August 20th, who's a right back who played very well in the Philadelphia match. But he's not a center back. They started him in that match at center back. And, and Columbus is the most potent offense in the league. So it was really a tough assignment for him. So, look, I, I don't put a lot of credence into what happened in August. I think it's probably going to line up to be more of a one-goal match and, and a tight game like what we saw back in May when FC Cincinnati won 3-2. to two. And Roman Celentano, if you remember, made an amazing save in stoppage time of the second half to keep it 3-2 to just parry the ball up and over the goal. So, um, you know, if not for that, then we're probably talking about a draw in that game. So I think it's probably going to be more of that type of match, which is a one-goal match. Now the good news here, FC Cincinnati has been really good in one-goal matches this year. 16-2 and two is better than anybody else in Major League Soccer in one-goal games. So um, they've managed those pressure-type situations very well. Well, I mean, it's going to be off the charts. Casey, you you are the guy. I mean, we've got the guy from FC Cincinnati. Please, let me give you a chance because I know you are dialed in every game, every minute, every se all season long.
fans about some of the players on the team. Not many of us know the roster. Um, they're familiar with mm-hmm. the cost of winning MVP, but some of those things like Miazga, they have no idea who those people are. Could you tell us some other players that we should be looking out for, maybe some goal scorers or something like that? You know, I, I don't want to, before he answers, yeah, I, think this, I think this is a great question because I, I think we've, we've reached the point now. I think it's a really good question. We've reached a point now, Tommy, and I know you understand this, where, look, there are always people that are looking to jump on the bandwagon at the very last second, right? And, and like my dad was on mm-hmm. earlier, and he's not a big soccer fan. He said, look, just because I'm not a big soccer fan doesn't mean that I'm not excited for FC Cincinnati and a chance to bring a championship right. to our city, and they're playing great and love the franchise and love the stadium and love what they're doing for the community and all these kinds of things. So I think you're going to have a lot of people watching and listening to this game this week where that probably holds right. true. Yeah, and there's no question. I got a lot of texts. You know, my, my son plays travel baseball, and so there's a lot of really big baseball fans who maybe aren't really big soccer fans and dads involved in that group. And you know what they told me? They, they're excited for the city, and they're excited for FC Cincinnati. And maybe they don't fully understand soccer or, or don't fully understand FC Cincinnati. But, uh, yeah, I think the whole city is behind the club. And, look, the hardcores will be there. And there will be some people who maybe are going to a game for the first time because they think it's really cool that FC Cincinnati is in the conference final. And that's okay. Just be ready to come and stand and scream your, your brains out and, and, and wear orange and blue. Don't show up wearing any, um, you know, any, any yellow or black. Um, on Saturday at CQL Stadium because probably a few folks will try to sneak in with that. So uh, if you're going to come out, if this is your first time, make sure you have some orange and blue, um, you know, in, in your attire. But when you look at the roster, you know, certainly there's a lot of guys, uh, you know, and, and Brandon Vasquez has got a lot of attention. Lucho Costa has got a lot of attention. And, and we talked about Matt Miazden. He's a defender of the year. Um, you know, Roman Salantano is a consummate professional. He's a second-year player in Major League Soccer. He's taken over that goalkeeping position last season in April, and, and he's been even better in the playoffs, a 0.60 goals against average uh, in the playoffs and five career starts in the playoffs. So he's been really, really good and, and fun to watch. Um, you know, you have a guy like Alvis Powell who stepped in and started at center back. Nick Haglin is injured. Matt Miazga was suspended for the last game. And with Ian Murphy and Yerson Mascara, they needed a third center back. So they started a right back in Jamaican, Alvis Powell. Nobody on the team has more experience in the playoffs than Alvis Powell. He now has started, let me check it, seven, well, started 15 and played in 17 Major League Soccer mm. uh, playoff games. And and he won MLS Cup with Portland. So he has that experience. Um, and he stepped up and he looked like a veteran. He had a veteran in Ray Gaddis, a guy who sometimes was a starter this year, sometimes was a sub. Ray started a right wing back because Santi Arias wasn't available. Alvaro Barrial, a fantastic young player from Argentina. And I think uh, a lot of people know who he is. They can find him with his platinum blonde hair over on the left side. His dad's been in town. and I love it. His dad was at training yesterday, you know, in from Argentina, where it's probably a little warmer there right now than it is here. And his dad's out there bundled up, you know, watching training like he's watching his 10-year-old son or something. So, uh, you know, a lot of great guys on this team. Um, Ian Murphy, a a quiet player who, you know, had had a tough spell in the middle of the season where in two consecutive games that he played in, he had back-to-back games he got ejected from. He got two yellows in back-to-back games. And, you know, it really looked like, man, in his second year in Major League Soccer, has this team, or has Ian, you know, fallen off? Is he taking a step back? And ever since then, he's answered the bell and been a regular starter and been a big part of the success. So uh, there's a lot of guys, and, and these are great guys. They love the city. And they want nothing more than a week from Saturday to hoist MLS Cup at TQL Stadium around 
you know, six, six thirty, somewhere in there. It, it's wild. I was telling somebody earlier today, you know, uh, it's, it's obviously the same day as the crosstown shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, on FS1, I think MLS Cup leads in to the Crosstown shootout, if I remember correctly. So uh, big, big day, hopefully December 9th in the Queen City and uh, one involving FC Cincinnati hoisting MLS Cup for the first time. Well, first things first, Columbus Crew on Saturday at yes. 6 o'clock. Tommy, you'll be on yourself. the call, and we always appreciate your time and, and your willingness to join us. Have a great time, man. Really enjoy it because you just oh, never well, know if you're going to you. get a chance to get back and broadcast games like this. I'm happy for you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It's uh, certainly great advice. I certainly have uh, enjoyed every moment of this whole season with the fantastic regular season into the playoffs, and uh, hopefully there's two more. But uh, all my focus right now is on this this Battle of Ohio, the Hell's Real Derby, and, uh, you know, I can worry about whoever is, is coming to town after that. Good news is I don't have to pack a suitcase. We know it's here, but uh, let's get Columbus first. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, man. Thanks for your time. All right, you too. Anytime. Right. Thanks, John. Tommy G, Tommy Galoder, kind enough to join us. And, and man, you know, I, I, you know, I always think back to, to what, you know, Vin Scully had said to my dad years ago, and that's the reason I said it to Tommy's, because, you know, when my dad gets a Reds job in 74, they win the World Series in 75, win the World Series in 76, and Scully had made the comment to my dad, he says, you know, man, <laughs> like every year ain't going to be like this now, <laughs> you know, these last two. He didn't call another World Series game until 1990 and then never called one again. Right. So for Tommy G and uh, for his running mate and for all those guys, good for them. Players the same way. You don't know if you're going to get back there. Um, the town is, 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 is really getting into this. And there's some people that will be sarcastic and cynical. God forbid any of us would be. No, not me. Nope. Are you? I'm an FCC fan. Wait a minute, fan. wait a minute. I'm an let, FCC let me fan. Ask, been to a game. Well, I was getting ready to ask a question. Now that you went to the game last week, the playoff game with Casey, or you brought Casey, you were actually given tickets by one Swaggy of, Plague. Swaggy one of, Plague. Right. Okay, and you went to the game. Are you now all in? I'm all in. I'm all in. I can't name a bunch of the players. I know Roman Celentano, and I know Luciano Acosta. That's about it. Those are the only two I know. But here's the thing. We're the best team in the league, and we're going all the way. We're going all the way. We're going to beat the crew, and then we're going to beat LAFC. Uh, that's different than the Galaxy, yeah? There's two LA yes. teams yeah, in soccer now? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, they're going to beat LAFC, which I believe is Will Ferrell's team. I think Will Ferrell owns that team. He does? Maybe. He owns one of them. I don't know. I get confused with all these. There's, there's, too many LL, there's too many sports teams in LA. Get rid of all the teams in LA. Put them in Portland. I'm, t- I'm tired of the LA teams. Mm. Move them. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm an FCC guy now, and, and I'm ready to roll. Uh, my, my soccer grudge started. I played soccer my entire lifetime. I played soccer for the first 10 years of my life. I was cut my freshman year of soccer. That's where my grudge comes from. At Elder High. At Elder High because I was too short. He looked at me, my coach, the the coach, he was later fired a year later. Coincidence, I think not. He was later fired a year later. He cut me and looked at me and said, Elliot, you're too short. You're not going to make the team. Too short. Too short. I was a goalie. Can't get the headers. Can't get the – Well, I was a goalie. Oh, well, then you need some length there. You need some length. Yeah, but I was – I had a great tryout. They they all told me, Elliot, you had a great tryout. So that's where my grudge for soccer started. I I, I love soccer more than anything. But then I switched. I was going to ask you, Tom, when you're a broadcaster, like when you you start your broadcasting career, I I know you've said you've done some weird sports – when you land on whatever you're going to do, so right, so, so Tommy G, he is now FCC's guy. 
How much more of the of, of that sport do you love after you start doing that? I, that, it, I, don't, I just think it all depends on the on 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 the people that you're around a lot. I really do. I mean, look, it's hard to broadcast, and and look, uh, I think you become a much better announcer regardless of sport if you're announcing for a bad team, because man, you got to really make 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 stuff happen. I mean. You know, if you were announcing the Reds last year, not this past season, but 2022 losing 100-plus games, mm -hmm. three and a half hours a night before the new rules, it's brutal. And there are a lot of nights I sat up there, and I'm just like, I, I, I can't believe I'm watching this slump. These guys don't even belong in the big leagues. I mean, God bless them for getting here. But you're watching pitchers coming out of that bullpen and you're, or even starting the game, and you're sitting there going, you, you, I mean, you, you got to be kidding me. This is like laughable, and, and that's the product. But you know when you when, but but now if you're with a team like Tommy's going through right now, and they've had such an incredible regular season, I mean the greatest in the history of the MLS. Yeah, most points like right? I mean it's yeah. the, best, the best ever. I mean, and, and when you're watching it and the crowds, and when you go into town, the crowds are going to be big because some of them are coming to see your team play. You know. And your guys are taking it to them, and you're winning games this way. Talked about 16 and two and one goal games, all this kind. Of, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden now, and you're getting all, and especially for Tommy because they're getting all these home games mm -hmm. in the playoffs. Right, it's unbelievable. It's great. It's exciting, man. Tom, quickly, you called college football, NFL, college basketball for a little while, Major League Baseball. Rank those four games as a broadcaster. Those four sports. Which was your favorite? Well, it's a least... little unfair because... Yeah, you I can mean, throw in regional bowling as well. Well, bowling is, was unbelievable because you could drink at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> on the west side of town, you could drink at 6 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Maybe not some of the lanes over on the north side. <laughs> Western Hills Bowl, baby. What are the sports again? NFL, you basketball? NFL, college football, college basketball, and, and Major League Baseball. Um... I would say probably, um, hmm. I would say probably college football, NFL, baseball, college basketball, and I loved them all. So, I, I, I mean, for even to put them one to four is kind of unfair because there would be moments in time where baseball would have been first or college basketball right, would have been right. first, depending on what you're doing, right. right? If you're doing a college basketball game at the Dean Dome in North Carolina, and they're ranked number one in the country, and they're playing fifth-ranked Maryland, right, at the right. time. Well, it's pretty damn good, right? Right. Reds are playing in 2000. I'm doing the baseball playoffs for Fox. Pretty damn good, right? The college football national championship game, not bad. Right. Uh, NFL, big game, not bad. Uh, obviously, the enthusiasm level at, a, uh, at, a, at the football games is when it's a good game. Sure, sure. Like anything else, when it's a good game, it's off the charts. All right, we got top five to get to, right? That's right. All right, where are we starting? Do we always start with Reed, Reed Mouse? Ringo yeah. Lanes and Blue Ash. Rest in peace. It's gone? Gone. Oh, Gilmore God. Lanes. And Fairfield. It's the best bowling, best bowling lanes around. The Tom. GOAT, as they say, the GOAT. It is. It the is. GOAT. It's the Western goat. Bowl, I'd argue, is the GOAT. Yeah, Western Bowl is the GOAT. Irv Hoinky. That's right, baby. The Hoinky. I announced, I announced that with his daughter, Jennifer Hoinky. Really? And yes, and Dave Newrath. That was quite a trio in the booth. That, yes. was, good. that was a good broadcast team, I got to tell you. <laughs> that must have been great. It was phenomenal.
Tom, there was a there was a time, and, and Sean just put this in the chat. <laughs> it reminds me, we were we were um, Fairfield bowling, Fairfield High School bowling team asked Chatterbox to stream their their matches, and I was I was pegged <laughs> to broadcast by myself, knowing nothing about bowling. It'd be about three hours of me just going, let's go over to lane number four. Um, and there's a Brooklyn strike. Let's go over to lane number six. Uh, split there. See, now that's tough because you're calling multiple matches. <laughs> right. going on I, I have no clue what's going on, and I'm just had I, I'm just look trying to peer through these like these screens to see what the, even the score is. Can't even read them because they're so far away. It was a it was a tough time. But let's get into the top five. We'll start with the NFL. All right, little movement here. Little a ah. little bit. I think my top five is going to be pretty similar to what I had it a couple weeks ago. Um, we'll go ahead and throw that up there. This is my top five. I think the Eagles are still the number one team. I think that they are not as good as they were last year, as are the Chiefs aren't as good as they were last year, but I still believe that they are the two best teams in the National Football okay. League. I, I pulled out this stat yesterday. The Eagles, there's been 75 teams um, since the NFL-AFL merger to win 10 of their first 11 games. The Eagles have the second worst Point differential that doesn't mean anything because they're still ten and one. I I put the Kansas City Chiefs ahead of the Baltimore Ravens for run one reason and one reason only, and that's their their quarterback. Sorry, I got those records messed up. Thank you. I knew I was gonna mess something up. Um, but the Baltimore Ravens are just playing fantastic football. You have to put them at number three, and then I think everyone's top four should include the San Francisco 49ers because when they are on, they look almost unstoppable, yep, Tom. they do. Got a great coach. They got a great defense. Got a great offense. Brock Purdy looks fantastic at times. The question is, is who's the fifth team? Is it the Dallas Cowboys? Is it the Detroit Lions? Yep. Is it the Miami Dolphins? No, none of those teams. I like the Jags. They've won eight of, or I apologize, seven of their last eight games. I'm a believer in Trevor Lawrence. I know the stats don't show um, how fantastic he's been this year, but he's leading the Jacksonville Jaguars to an eight and three season. I, they are very much in the thick of things to win the number one seed in the AFC. Yep. Um, but they're going to run into the buzzsaw that is Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals next Monday. So mm -hmm. maybe they'll drop off after that one. But that's my top five, Tom. Okay. Okay. Elliot? Elliot's top five. This is a good one. Again, mine's not going to differ too much from Reed's, but sure we, it won't. Well, we the last place spot certainly will a little bit. Uh, number one Eagles. Reed said it. They're the best team. They're the best team in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is putting up an MVP type season. Uh, their defense is elite. That whole team's really good. Jake Elliott, goat, uh, former Bengal Jake Elliott. I think the Eagles are going to play for a Super Bowl. I don't think they'll win it, but I think they will play for it. Up next, the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are damn good. If you have Patrick Mahomes, you have you have everything. You have everything you need. They do they do lead the league in dropped passes which might come down to bite him in the ass at some point later on. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. Uh, I do think the Chiefs are damn good I, at this point. I still they're, still they're still my most feared team. I'll put them at two. Ravens at three. I told Reed this yesterday. I think the Ravens might win a Super Bowl. If Lamar yeah. Jackson can be healthy, can stay healthy, if that defense can get, get some guys back, stay healthy. If the, if the Ravens, and again, this is a big if, I think the Ravens can beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, go to Super Bowl, and play it tough with the Eagles. Uh, 49ers are good. They're going to play in the uh, NFC Championship game against the Eagles. And then we have the Patriots with Tom Brady. If the Patriots had Tom Brady, if they did, this team would go to the playoffs and then they'd win the Super Bowl. Hmm. There you go. Patriots wow. with Tom Brady at five. I think you might be onto something there. I think I am too. I think they, they made that a regular occurrence for a while. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 
Um, all right, my top five, really not much different than these guys, although uh, after the Eagles, and I, I got to be honest with you, uh, the only reason I put the Eagles ahead of the Ravens is because they've lost one game. I think if the Ravens played the Eagles in the Super Bowl tomorrow, I think the Ravens would beat them. Really? I do. I do. I think Baltimore is really good. Seventh-ranked offense, second-ranked defense. They got a nice team. They got a great field goal kicker, as does Philadelphia, and a lot of times – those games come down to the field goal kickers. Uh, and all three of those top teams have good field goal kickers. Uh, Chiefs at number three. I don't think the Chiefs are what they were last year. Clearly better on offense, I mean, on defense, but I, I'm not sold on. They're having a hard time scoring, uh, is the bottom line. We'll see how it plays out. It's Patrick Mahomes. Niners, man, when they're on, they can look like the best team that's ever put on, a, stepped on a field. But when they're not, they're not. Jags, reluctantly, I put them fifth. I don't think anybody's even close after the top four. You really don't think like the Dallas Cowboys or no. the Detroit Lions no. or none of those are no. I anywhere? In? No. I agree with Tom. Really? I think those four teams are so much better than everybody. Now, does that mean they can't lose a game? Of course it doesn't mean they can't right. because they all have lost games. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, if, if San Francisco played Dallas, which they did this year and beat them like 1,000 to 3, mm-hmm. right? If they played 10 times, there's no doubt in my mind San Francisco would win eight of those games. And if, and if, if Baltimore played Detroit ten times, which they did play them in Baltimore and massacred them in Baltimore, right. I think if they played ten times, I think the Ravens would win nine. So I don't think – and that would hold true to any of those teams I just put up there. Philadelphia playing them, and uh, who, who's the one I left out? And uh, Kansas City playing I think that those four teams are far better than anybody else in the league. Do you think the Philadelphia Eagles, if you were a betting man, would you put money on the Philadelphia Eagles being the first team to win 16 games in a season since the undefeated Patriots? No, because I think they'll start to shut it down once we get late. Okay. They wrap up the division number one overall seed. They're a ways away from doing yeah. that. we got six games left. Yeah. they got a two-game lead on it now with San Francisco. Uh, but I think that they'll start to shut some guys down. Want to hear an unbelievable stat about the starting quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens? Lamar Jackson's record yes. as a starter, 54-19. and 19. That's not bad. That's, that's pretty impressive. All right, we'll switch over to college. Let's switch over to college. All right, let's and go as you college know, football. You come over to this side of the room. This side of the room. For our esteemed college takes. So this is my top five in, in college. Coming in at number one is the best team in the land. Uh, it is the Blue. Michigan Wolverines. Okay. 12 and 0. I can understand it. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs, they've, they've stood every test and they've, they've won pretty handily. Coming in at number three, I truly believe that the Alabama Crimson Tide are the third best team in the country, Tom. So I, they just beat a team on a Hail Mary, basically. Right. right. A team that the week before played a 1AA team. They were a 30 point favorite and lost by 28 in Auburn. Yeah. And Alabama had to go to the last set play, miracle play. Of the game to beat them. Yeah, well, I mean, you know what they say, uh, iron sharpens iron, and it's that right. was the iron bowl. So <laughs> it was Alabama it's winning on the That's final That's pretty good. That's good. Uh, coming in at number four is Oregon. Besides their one last second loss to Washington, they've pretty much mollywopped every single team that they've played. 
So that's why I've got Oregon in at number four, the Huskies coming in at number five, and Washington, because they did beat Oregon. And I know you're saying, like, wait, Washington has beaten Oregon. What does it translate? I'm losing my eyes. I'm using my eyes. And okay. if you're using your eyes, you can see that one team is noticeably off that list. And the reason they're off that list is because they lost a rivalry game last Saturday. That is the Louisville Cardinals. That's, that's, that's right. the team I was talking about. <laughs> That was very good. Okay, very good. All right, mine, again, it's not going to differ too much uh, from that, I'd say. It's it's pretty similar. Uh, my top five in college. Number one, we have Georgia. They're the best team in the nation by far. Uh, they're going to go to an, another national championship. They're not going to lose another game, and, and they're going to win again. Number two, we have Florida State. Listen, everybody's going to make fun of Florida State because they don't have a quote-unquote quarterback. Their guy, got, their guy got hurt. Listen, they're fine. They're undefeated. It's going to be a tough one with Scott Satterfield's boys in Louisville. It's going to be a tough one. But they're going to fight through it. They're going to get to the college football playoff, and they're they are going to go all the way. They're going to play Georgia in the national championship game, and they'll lose. Michigan's number three. Michigan had their biggest win of this season. I thought they played great. Listen, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And at the end of the day, they right. cheat harder than everybody. They don't have their they coach. They tried the hardest. Though. They tried the hardest. They don't have their coach on the sideline. Didn't matter. They took care of Ohio State easily. Easily, it was never a doubt. Number four, we have FC Cincinnati. That's FC a football Cin team. It's a football team, correct? Yeah. Uh, FC Cincinnati. That's they're, right. They're the soccer champions of the world. Uh, and listen, if FCC can get it right against Columbus Crew, I think they're going to be playing for the college football playoff. I think there's no doubt about it. I think they're a top four football team uh, in the nation. Number five, we have Toledo. As everybody knows, number Toledo. Uh, <laughs> Toledo. Is, best team in Ohio. They're the best team in Ohio. Uh, they play in the MAC, which is the best football conference, as Tom likes to say over and over again. It's far better than the Big Ten, yep. far better than the SEC. Yep. Toledo's 11-1. They're taking on Miami in Detroit, as they always play that game. It's going to be a great game. Winner of that game goes straight to the national championship. Toledo, number five. Toledo's got a heck of a team, man. It's a, sh it's a shame I didn't have a top 25 on here because Ohio State would have been 26. Yeah. Tell you, tell you what, though. <laughs> Miami of Ohio is going to come to play in that game now. Yeah, they yeah. will. I think they, this, they're going to show up. I think the they'll have, they'll have people points. watching them this time. It's, in a new, it's in a neutral game, neutral site. Ford Field. Ford Field. At least that's where it's been in the past. I assume that's where it is this year, mm -hmm. the MAC championship mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. That's big. Good luck to Coach Martin and the Red Hawks. Maybe we ought to try to run him down. When is that game? This Saturday. It is Saturday. I, I assume. Conference championships are played on well, Saturday. Well, no, no, no. There are a lot of them being played on Friday. Oh, Like well, no. the Oregon game, I think, is on Friday. Yep. Maybe we'll track him down. Okay. See if we can run him down. Um, okay. Here's mine. Uh, I got Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Washington, Florida State. They're all undefeated. They belong to be there. Ohio State is 10-0. I wish that was true. Gosh darn it. I knew I'd get some. I wish yeah, yeah, that we'll was true. Live. We'll do it live. I have Ohio State ahead of Oregon. I mean, you look at all of the metrics. You look at whatever you want. Now, you can say eyeball test, you know, in the whole nine yards as far as them blowing people out of the gym, uh, and they have. But Ohio State, in the overwhelming majority of their games, has blown people out of the gym. Uh, Oregon schedules 62nd in the country. Ohio State's is fifth. I mean, Ohio State lost to the number two team in the country on the road. You know, uh, Washington, they're undefeated, so you got to give it up to them. Look at that defense. 84th-ranked defense in the country. 84th. Oregon lost to them. They'll play them again this weekend. Chance to avenge the loss. And really, it doesn't matter for the playoff because the winner of Washington and Oregon is getting in. Based Correct. on Oregon after the college football playoff rankings last night, being at number five ahead of Ohio State. Plus, they're playing for a chance to be there 
conference champion playing in a championship game. Same old true for Texas. If you're an Ohio State fan, it doesn't matter who wins a Washington-Oregon game. It's, it, it's irrelevant because Ohio State would get in ahead of a two-loss Oregon team or a one-loss Washington team. But you got to hope for Florida State to lose. You got to hope for Texas to lose. That's what you got to hope for. Those guys got to get beat. Doesn't matter Oregon, Washington, and you're assuming, and I'm assuming you, you need Georgia to win and obviously Michigan to win. So there we have it. All right, do we have a stink list, Casey? We do. All right, here we go. I want to see where this is going. Yeah, this week, um, this stink list is, uh, it's a doozy, all right. It's a doozy. It's a lot of stinky teams now in the NFL because we are almost done with the NFL. We think we only have, what, six, seven games left? We're past the halfway point. So we've really started to figure out the picture of what teams are and what they're not. And uh, let's just start off with oh wrong oh wrong one let's start with nauseating oh boy nauseating these teams here um they're technically in the hunt and or uh have a little bit of life probably aren't going to make it to the playoffs but these teams they're not making it Uh, green bay i wouldn't count them out yet Uh, like I said, they have a little bit of life. They're probably like a game back or, or two from the wild card hunt. They have a little life. But they may um, sneak in. But they, they may sneak in, but these teams aren't going any further than the wild card round. Um, Vikings leading that charge. Josh Dobbs threw, throwing four interceptions in one game. I think that magic is over. Okay. And then we have the teams that have a little stench on them. Um <laughs> Josh Allen can't win a meaningful game to save his life still. Um, we've known that for now, I don't know, five, six weeks. Uh, Seattle, I think, Tom, you're they're right. Done. They're they're uh, They're going to make it in the playoffs, but they're not the, the top echelon of the NFC, which is really hard to beat. The Eagles, 49ers, Dallas, those teams. Lions, I think uh, they, they, they would probably beat them again if they went head-to-head. They They – got the best of them this last time but nine times out of ten i think the lines win that matchup colts they're feisty broncos feisty falcons currently lead their division but that's not saying much when you're five and six so well, broncos are rolling i'm surprised you've got them on that list yeah and then five in a row they're rolling five in a row we got I mean, these they, they drilled some good teams now denver yeah they beat well, kansas the city they beat and cleveland Buffalo. Be Buffalo, yeah. Buffalo. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm not ready I mean, to. Goodness gracious, you're gonna put the stinking Steelers ahead of them? I'm. They they just keep winning, Tom. Well, they do. I mean, what what can I say? The Steelers just keep winning. Um, doesn't matter what type of game it is, they will just always find ways to win. And the Jags, I still find them a little fraudy. I know they're eight and three. I still call them the the worst version of the Bengals or what we thought the Bengals were supposed to be. Um, I'm interested to see how they play against the Bengals. I might change my mind if they blow out the Bengals. This is this is the first time you haven't put who the Bengals play at the top of your stink list. I know. I think I think uh, I think that has been put you to retired bed. that. Sh- I, that I've I've retired that shtick. Okay. Right. Good. <clears throat> Dallas Lions, Miami, Houston. I think all those teams. Dallas um, Lions, Miami, Houston. 
Yeah, I think so all those Houston teams. So Houston is higher than Jacksonville, even though yeah. Jacksonville has a two-game lead over them in their division and just beat them last weekend. Correct. Please explain. Uh, Houston has C.J. Stroud on a possible MVP candidate, and they're one doink away from tying that game. And I, in all honesty, they had all the momentum. They, they were going to win that game hands down. Um, Jags got away with a, a sneaky, sneaky win, in my opinion. Um, I think Houston's a better team. I think when they play again, which they will, they probably will play in the in the playoffs. Don't Jags are going to lose. Play in the playoffs? Yeah, I think I think Houston's a lock for a wild card spot. Okay. okay fair Would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Stroud right now? C.J. Stroud. Yep. I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Hey, hey, you know what? You can't argue with that. Yeah. You can't argue. And then Dolphins, Lions, Cowboys, all these teams are like right on that borderline of top echelon teams, but they all have like some major flaw or some sort of weakness that we all just hold them back. Miami can't beat a a, a, yep. a high prolific team. The Lions, they just sometimes they go to sleep and they just lose games for no reason. Uh, Dallas has Dak Prescott, so that's why they're an odorless. They're not stinky, but just odorless. They're just odorless. Okay, well, nothing wrong with being odorless. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not, but you'd rather be fresh. Yeah, you'd rather be fresh. Uh, Ravens, Chiefs, two best teams in the AFC right now. I have the Ravens ahead of the Chiefs. I think, um, like you said, Tom, if the Ravens were to play any of the teams in the AFC, I think they're going to win. So uh, they're, they're the top team in the AFC for me. And then the top two teams in the NFC. Exquisite. Exquisite. Like a perfect like the scent of a perfect candle or a, the perfect woman, your wife. The, the, the That's smell right. Of right, right, mm. right. These two are the Super Bowl favorites. Right. I don't care that the 49ers had a skid. That roster, ever since they traded for Chase Young, uh, has dominated. So those two teams are probably going to face each other at some point. Uh, actually, they play each other this week. So we'll know, right. we'll know who the best team in the NFL is shortly. And it's going to be one of those two teams. Okay. So, final, the final piece. We are missing one yes, row. Yes, we are. Yeah, the putrid row. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of teams missing. That's because the putrid list has grown significantly wow. since since uh, we wow. last had wow. the stink list. Chargers, they're done. I don't care what the record they're, they're says. Done. They're done. Do you win? Uh, head coach is going to get fired. Yep. Yeah, they're miserable. Browns. I think they're done, too. I think the Browns, without uh, Sean Watson, I think um, – I mean, they've been on the bottom of this list probably every single week except probably. for one. Actually, they have been pretty much every single week except for one. But uh, they just lost 29-12 to against Denver, and that's very alarming. They just had a bunch of injuries as yep. well. I love their defense when they're healthy, but when they're not all healthy and Miles Garrett had to get an MRI, right? Yep. I mean, it's, it's not looking good. Not looking good. Bengals, we all uh, unfortunately know where the Bengals are at. They can only have 200 yards of offense with a backup quarterback. That's not going to get it done in any circumstance. They might have a worse offense than the Jets at this current particular moment. That's why the Jets are ahead of the Bengals. And then we all know about the rest of these teams uh, behind them. Panthers, the worst record in the league. Um, their owner just... Uh, coincidentally uh, gave away their draft plans, what they wanted to do, which was trade to the number two spot and draft C.J. Stroud. A lot of confidence in a lot of starter quarterback. He had a lot of confidence, yeah, in Bryce Young. Uh, Cardinals, 
their record also very stinky. They can't win with Kyle Murray either. Patriots, I'm giving them a slight edge because of Bill Belichick, but I think uh, I think they could probably lose to the Cardinals or the Panthers. And um, they lost to the Giants, and I think Washington, they have an explosive enough offense that they could probably get over the hump over those other four teams. So that's why they're there. And Latest that is, update, that's a stink list. That is the stink list for this week. Very, very nice. By the way, uh, Miles Garrett, uh, they're saying he actually does have some structural damage. This oh. is uh, Mary Kay Cabot, who is as good a beat writer as there is on the planet in football, um, in his left shoulder. But he's already said I'm playing. So it doesn't matter. I'm in. Well, there you go. How about that? Them. All right. I feel it real quick. I was going to say, it feels like the NFL is more top, top heavy this year than ever. Yeah. I don't think that's true because I feel like the AFC has a lot of very, very good teams. Certainly in the NFC, right? Certainly in the NFC, there's four teams and the rest are just the other 12 teams aren't very good. But in the AFC, I, I mean, I can see a bunch of. I mean, I know the Ravens and the Chiefs look the best, but. I feel, but I feel, I, are you saying like the Colts and the Broncos are like in, they, they could like, Go to the AFC Championship game because I think even the bottom tier of the AFC uh, wild card, so the, the five, six, seven, I still think those teams just aren't aren't up to the Ravens, the Chiefs, uh, and, and the Jags. I just like I think there's Dolphins. three I, I, Dolphins, I guess. Okay, so Dolphins, Jags, Chiefs. Do you want to play the Bills? I mean, like even the Bills are five hundred. Do you want to play the Bills in the postseason? I guess not, but at the same time, they haven't been very good, so maybe. I I, I would rather I would rather. To your point, play the Colts and the Texans, and I would rather play the Bills. But I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't share that sentiment with you. I'll tell you that. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Tom, today on today's show, I think I sprinkled in about eight to nine different Jim Croce songs. Love th- Jim Croce throughout throughout our just conversation. Time in a bottle, you had that. I, I, I threw that one. Bad, I, bad Leroy Brown. I said Leroy Brown. You can't mess, mess around with Jim. I said box number ten. Yep. I said uh, there's going to be a change tomorrow. I did not get I've Got a Name in, which is just a major yeah, it's, miss. It's hard to believe you that's, did that. That's a major miss. I've got a name for you. You could have just laid that on there. Right. Yeah. I said Operator. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's, that's that was the good. Most that was a good performance by Reed. Alabama, oh, to, go, oh, walking back to Georgia in Alabama rain. That was we're another also, one. We're also Very nice. And, we Black, got, and Blackmore says in the chat that you have no bits. <laughs> that was Love a pretty it. big one there. Um, Chi-Town Real Estate. With a $5 super chat, says show idea. A show where Trace debates would be gold. We can discuss royalties later. Yes, yes. Yeah, let's All let's, in. Let's where is Trace, Trace today? I mean, what's the deal? He's on the other side. He's doing business things. He's doing okay. business things. Okay. Uh, Justin Edgel, $2 super chat. Ohio State is a top four team. Uh, not on me or Elliot's list, so I don't know where you're getting that information. Yeah, it's. Did you watch our list? They I don't, think, the I don't think he saw stuff. it because two out of the three that gave lists right. for the college football top four, two of us didn't have it. So that would right. make – that's a majority. All right. We got box lunch coming up after that. Elliot is hosting. That's right. But we're going to end this show with a cherry on top, which is my well, top five. Okay, but, but, but hang on one second. Do we have – before we get to the cherry on top, your top five, do we have a mailbag today? I, so I have a mailbag from yesterday I didn't get to. Would you want to use yesterday's mailbag? I didn't read. Yes, I. I think it still. I think it still plays. Okay. Well, let's get that in there, and then we'll go to our cherry on top okay. to finish it off. Okay. Do we have the? Uh, the. Here we go. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. 
Okay, it's everybody's favorite segment. Let me open my little letter. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Again, this is yesterday's letter. Okay. I, I didn't open the mailbox today, but yesterday's letter okay. is certainly here. Okay. Uh, yesterday's mailbag comes from sweet little Paul. Mm. Sweet little Paul from Mrs. Frischner's class. Oh. Paul and his friends all gathered together a couple nights ago for Xavier's game against Oakland. His mom made pizza rolls, and they were all in their pajamas. His dad put $25,000 on Xavier's point spread, and they were going to put the winnings on the naming rights to the Blue Blob. They were going to change the name. Unfortunately, it didn't fall their way, and Xavier suffered a Quadrant three loss to a, 99, to a team 99% of the country couldn't locate. Sweet little Paul wants to know, will Xavier ever win the big one? Might this year. Might this year. Might this year. What's the big one? Is it the Crosstown Shootout? Because they've won a lot of those. No, that's not the big they've one. They've won a lot of those. I guess the, the I don't know what the big one would be. The, I guess. Well, they, they got a big one, their next one. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly a big Houston one. Houston versus Savior. Who are you taking on that one, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man. Uh, that, that Kelvin Sampson. There aren't, there aren't two or three guys in the country better than that dude. Xavier has fallen off the wagon ever since Sean Miller declined to come on the show. Uh, listen, I don't like to ever bring that up. I don't know how it ever gets brought up. I don't know why we go down that road again and again and again. Little Paul, thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, your father lost 25000 bucks on, um, on the X-Men the other night. All right, are we ready for the chariot? Thank you yes. for that, Elliot. Yes, yes. All, All right, right uh, run the cherry on top so we can uh, pay our sponsor. This is another nice song. Right. Just let it breathe a little. Um, that song was uh, written by anyone? Anyone? The King of Ragtime? Scott Joplin. Scott Joplin. That's right. That's right. How about that, Tom? All right, so this Friday, or this weekend, rather, and we talked about the Cincinnati Reds a lot on today's show, but this weekend is Reds Fest. Yes. And as all Reds fans know, it's a fantastic event. Plenty of stuff to do. So on today's Reed's Top 5, I have uh, ranked the top five things you can do at Reds Fest this weekend. Ooh. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it this because be I've been to a lot of them. Yeah. So have I. Are you guys going? No. Uh, I actually did go to a couple Reds Fests when I was a kid. There's pictures of me in a Red. There's a picture of me somewhere in my house of me wearing a Reds jersey, photo opt Next to former Red, Jared Burton, and former Red. Great dude, Jared Burton. David Ross. He still comes to town a lot, Jared Burton. Yeah. He lived up in Mount Adams forever. He still got a house really? up there. Yeah. I mean, you talk about an awesome dude. He is a great dude. All right, go ahead. All right, so coming in at number five, I just mentioned it. I just mentioned it. It's the photo ops with players. Uh, you, you can get there, you, you stand in line, and then you get to meet a couple players, get to yeah. take a picture with them. Certainly when I was a kid, that was my favorite things to do at Reds Fest when my dad would drag me there. And like I said, there's a couple of pictures with me and Jared Burton and David Ross. So that's coming in number five. Certainly a highlight for a lot of people, but number five on today's list, photo ops with players. Now, if you don't want to photo op with a player, what you can do is you can meet some of your favorite content creators. One of them being Nick Kirby's going to be there. Hey, nice. Nick Kirby's going to be there. So you can meet... Chatterbox Reds' very own Nick Kirby. Love he's going to be there. Um, uh, he's very friendly, very uh, very easy to come up to him yes. and, and say hi. So if you're at Reds Fest, you see Nick, just say him a, just give him a hi, give him a wave. So that's coming in at number four. Coming in at number three, so a lot of these events, they like to have activations, right? They like to have ways to kind of engage fans. 
Um, one way, they, they looked at their roster and they said, what can we do with our players to kind of engage fans? Well, they looked at one of the traits of their players, and you can get a personal pep talk from Jonathan India because that's what he does best, Tom. It's not play second base. It's not hit. He is a pep talker. He gets in that locker room. He just gets pep, 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 pep it all up. They give him pom-poms and a cheerleading skirt. And that's what Jonathan India does. That's what he's going to do for this team going you are, forward. You are brutal. You can get a pep talk from Jonathan India. <laughs> that is brutal. That was a good one. That's uh, brutal. That was, that was one of your better ones. That's brutal. Well, here's the thing is you're going to be there for a long time. Um, they like to serve you food, right? Right. Good food. Good food. Cincinnati's known for their food. One of the things they're really highlighting is in the cheese section, you can get Ellie De La Cruz's Swiss cheese bat. That's why you strike it out all the time. There's so many holes in that bat. So you can get some Swiss <laughs> cheese. Um, that's the food that they're having. You can get a bat made out of Swiss cheese that Ellie is going to use this season. He certainly used it last year. That's why he struck out so much. That's coming boy, in at number two. Oh boy, oh boy. But coming in at number, number one. one. This is the number one fan activation that they have for Reds fans this weekend. What I want you to do if you're going to go to Reds Fest is I want you to grab something from your house, something of a little bit of value, not a whole lot of value. Then you take it down to Reds Fest okay. and you stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with Nick Crawl and he trades for you. You can get crawled yourself. You show up there, maybe you bring a personalized memorabilia, and next thing you know, you're trying to trade like an old rookie car to King Griffey Jr. Next thing you know, <laughs> Nick Crawl owns your house, he owns your car, he takes your wife from you. You can get crawled face-to-face -face with Nick Crawl. So those are, that's the number one fan activation at Reds Fest this weekend. You can get crawled, Tom. I got to tell you what, that's a big league list. That was, a, that was a good one. That is a big league list because you guys are all over this get crawled thing. Get crawled. Get crawled. Reed, that was your best list. That was the best list you've ever it done. Was. That was really good. It was fantastic. That was really good. It was fantastic. So it's your day to host on that note. No. Or no, you were Monday. I'm Monday. He Correct. is Wednesday and Casey's Friday. That's right. Got to make sure I got that right. Okay. All right. So box lunch. Anything else coming up later today, tonight? You got your show with uh, Mac yep. and JT. Mac and JT. And that is at what time? That's at 7.30. 7.30. So again, programming notes. We got box lunch coming up now, uh, 7.30 tonight. Uh, Casey and our buddy Jacob Tissett, who, I mean, you talk about a big week for Jacob now. Big week. Yeah, I mean, he's packing up everything, making his way to Atlanta. That's right. For a big league game. Alabama Crimson Tide against Georgia. The Dogs. Better believe it. All right, we thank all of you, gentlemen. Thank all of you. Box lunch coming up right now. Here we go.